Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Welcome, everybody, to the Legal Deception Show tonight with your host, Sheewolf and Boomer, and Southern will be joining us shortly. I think he's on his way. Um, tonight, I'm going to be doing a little bit of a different show. Um, there's going to be some biblical aspects to the show today, and um, many people have asked me questions about their children. And, you know, that their children may be under DCF custody. So we're going to be talking about DCF custody today, Um, biblical law, why it applies here, um, and a couple of other things that I want to disclose to you today uh, in reference to the United States government. And the first thing I want to do today is, um, while I'm waiting for Southern to get here, is talk to you about my weekly phone call because it's really important that um, uh, we talk about the phone calls that I do throughout the week so that you'll know that I'm, I'm always uh, in contact with Attorney General, Secretaries of State, and the Governor's Office. Without me communicating uh, with these individuals, everything we do here would be pointless. So when I usually uh, give advice, and it's only advice, and in here, everything that is taught here is only for educational purposes, for the reason being that we are actually challenged by a legal system that is very fraudulent, and that's the reason why we made legal deception. And I know many attorneys come on here, and I am very sure that they download the show at the end of the day, but none of them have ever come forward to speak to me in private to basically, uh, you know, challenge me or tell me you're wrong about this or wrong about that. Except for one attorney, we had a long talk about things because he wanted me to see his point of view on a lot of the subject matters that we talk about, which I do understand his point of view. However, when the government, a.k.a. Bar Association, is given a backdoor pass as registered agents uh, with access to our accounts, and they take something that was really created for the good of mankind and they began using it for their own personal benefits. Like I told them, uh, what you're doing now becomes something wrong because every law that's being written is only for your own benefit and for the benefit of the corporation. And the people have lost sight as to what really constitutes the definition of a government. So um, 
And and I told them you could see it every day in the courtroom. You have judges just outright telling you in in front of the entire public audience that you have no rights in the courtroom, basically, and whereas the states are concerned. Um, Southern, do you have anything you want to add to that? Uh, not right now. Go ahead and finish your oh, talk. Oh. I just got <laughs> okay. off a very a very important phone call. So when you get done, I'll tell everybody about my phone calls. <laughs> okay. okay, yes. We, me and you, we really do get on the phone, and we try to get the people uh, notified as to what is happening. So this week I spoke to the Attorney General and, um, and the Secretary of State about certain things that I found out. And as you're well aware that on legal services, um, legal services, oh, my God, Legal Deception this week, we uploaded and uh, some documents regarding the United States uh, Corporation Company, and I actually tried to repost it at the top of the wall because I wanted to uh, bring awareness, and I really wanted you guys to look at this document because it's really important, more, more than what you think. The one we pull, pulled up and put on the wall was for Florida. But Southern can tell you, Southern, we did have, you found like five more, right, with the registered numbers? Okay. Uh, well, you yes. probably won't be able to. Okay. No, I, have, yeah, I set myself on mute. <laughs> okay. okay. No, yes, when I, I went on, uh, it's called Corporate Wikia. It was like five or six more there, all right, with the, with the state numbers on the, as well as Florida. Okay. Okay. I pulled that. I pulled that up too, because uh, there is another site, but it was down when I went in there. And this other site, basically, if you give them a name or a corporation, it runs the whole program for you. It's like a giant spider web. I was introduced to that site about six, seven years ago. But like I said, when I went in there, it wasn't functioning. Right. The way it should. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be trying that again. Okay? Right. And, and, uh, and did we not find some damning evidence when we went in there? Uh, a damning word for it. <laughs> We looked up the corporation. Uh, I went back in this week, people. Um, no. Um, and we looked up the United States. It's called, let me give you their exact name, because you're going to want to pull up one for your state. Okay? And there is one. I believe that there is one for each state, for all the 50 states. And um, it's called the Certificate of Incorporation of the United States Corporation Company. And that's the name of the corporation. It says United States Corporation Company. And you might think, well, you're going to find like 3,000 of these um, names that are similar. Well, number one, if you can pull up 3,000 names registered under the name of the United States, we already have a problem because when the courts bring you in 
and they call you a U.S. citizen, what corporation would they be referring to to begin with? If you had 3,500 names, I think we Southern pulled up like 2,600 titles with the word United States in it or United States of America and Florida. The state of Texas, the actual Secretary of State pulled up 3,500 um, corporations, LLCs, among others, sole proprietor, um, under the name of the United States Corporation. But what's interesting about this um, corporation is in their articles of incorporation, and actually it was filed, the original um, for Florida, the, the registered ID, you can look it up by document number, it's one. 00009, and it says Articles of Incorporation filed in 715-1925, and it's only seven pages. So when you look it up, and it's got a copy of the brochure of the corporation, you know, it says filed in the office of the Secretary of State of Florida, has a date on there, and then it says um, United States Corporation Company, and it has um, all the different places at that time where it existed, which was in Denver, uh, Chicago, Albany, New York, St. Louis, um, New Jersey, Philadelphia, Los Angeles. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's seven offices. And, um... You know, so I'm just tired are... of this. Huh? When I'm on the and it's an international corporation company, people. And its headquarters is in Paris. Okay. Now, uh, hello. Yeah, you wanted to add something? Yeah, uh, like I was, I was fixing to say that there is a document only go to section called Definition of United States. You might want to go open that file up because uh, one is a corporation and the rest of those definitions appear to be a land mass. Okay, you need to go pull that document up and ask yourself, what is the United States that you're a citizen of? <laughs> it gets real interesting about page 10. Okay. And, and that's right out of the United right? Yes, right, it's right, pulled right out of the United States codes. Okay. Okay. So going back to the document that I'm talking about, which is on, on legal deception, um, when you start reading the articles of incorporation, you will note that in here it says, um, and I want to really pull up some, some stuff in here, to prepare the nature of the business and the objects and purposes proposed to be transacted, promoted, or carried on by the corporation are as follows. To prepare or cause to be prepared and procure to be filed, recorded, registered, published, issued, or granted in accordance with law, articles or certificates of incorporation, applications for letters, patents, charters, and other instruments relating to the incorporation and organization of corporations and joint stock companies. Now, please don't forget 
that Congress has already defined what a person is. So you just heard the word, one of the definitions in here. Corporation is one of the definitions for the word person, and joint stock company is another one. To prepare or cause to be prepared and procured to be filed, recorded, registered, published, issued, or granted certificate, reports, statements, applications for licenses, to do business, or other instruments in relation to domestic and foreign corporations companies, or associations. To provide and maintain domiciliary and other offices and facilities for corporations, companies, and associations to act as agents in charge thereof and upon whom process against or any official notices to any such corporation company or association may be served or given and for any other lawful purpose. To act as fiscal or transfer agent of or register of the stock or securities issued by any public or private corporation and in such capacity to receive and disperse money to transfer register, countersign, issue and deliver certificates of stock, bonds, or other evidence of indebtedness, and to act as agent of any corporation, foreign or domestic, for any lawful purpose. So you do see where it says they're, they're acting as the agent for the corporation. To carry on the business of an appraisal and audit company and in connection therewith to make examinations and appraisals of the business and property of corporations and individuals to examine and audit their books and accounts, to make reports and certificates in report thereof, to publish and deal in books, periodicals, pamphlets, legal forms, and blanks of all kinds, to acquire by purchase or otherwise and to hold for investment or otherwise, to use, sell, lease, or dispose of real estate and real property. Remember, they have us listed as real property. Who in the hell is this corporation that is authorizing themselves to dispose and use us the real property? I thought we were a government, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you some more in a minute. And any interest, estate, or right thereof. Okay? That's the United States Corporation Company. That's why I know I have the right one because everything that they've written in their bylaws or their articles of incorporation here are talking about the very same things that this government does. To acquire by purchase, subscription, or otherwise, to hold for investment or otherwise, and to use sell or dispose of shares of stock, bonds, or any other obligations or securities of any corporation, domestic or foreign, to aid in any manner any corporation whose shares of stock, bonds, or other obligations are held or in any manner guaranteed by the company or in which the company is in any way in, interested and to do any other acts or things for the preservation, 
protection, improvement or enhancement of the value of any such shares of stock, bonds or other obligations, or to do any act or, or thing designed for any such purpose. And while owner of any such share of stock, bonds, or other obligations to exercise all rights, powers, and privileges of ownership thereof, and to exercise any and all voting powers thereon. To acquire by purchase or otherwise, and to hold, own, use, grant licenses in report to or otherwise turn to account or dispose of any copyright, trademark, invention, patent rights, and letters patent of the United States or of any other country. The business of the corporation is from time to time to do any one or more of the acts and things herein set forth, and it may conduct business in the state of Florida or other states, the District of Columbia, the territories and colonies of the United States and in foreign countries have one or more offices out of the state of Florida and hold, purchase, mortgage, and convey real estate and personal property within or without the state of Florida. The maximum number of shares which this corporation is authorized to have outstanding at any time is 100, 100 shares. Each of which shares shall have a par value of $100. The amount of capital with which the corporation will begin business is $500. This corporation was created with $500 in 1925 when it incorporated with the state of Florida. The amount of capital with which, oh, I just read that. That was 500 bucks. The corporation is to have perpetual existence. That means they're never going to be able to be terminated. So that's why you still have the United States. The principal office of the corporation shall be located in the Centennial Building, Tallahassee, Leon County. The number of directors shall be three. The names of the directors who hold office for the first year of the corporation's existence or until their successors are elected have qualified and their post office addresses are as follows. So if you downloaded this corp, um, article of incorporation, you will see the names of the three men who brought the United States Corporation Company into Florida, which was Harry O'Coff, Colin uh, Coughlin, Samuel B. Howard, Arthur W. Bright, uh, Britton. Their address is 150 Broadway, New York, New York. A friend of mine verified for me that this address is in the, was in the same building as the Federal Reserve. So I just thought I'd let you guys know that part. Uh, and then... The directors and stockholders shall have power to hold their meetings and to have one or more offices and to keep the books of the corporation except the original or duplicate stock ledger outside the state of Florida. At such place or places as from time to time may be designated by the bylaws or by resolution of the board. And then it talks about all the other powers that they'll have, you know, as stockholders to make 
alter bylaws of a corporation, to fix the times for the declarations and payment of dividends, and the fix and vary amount to be reserved as working capital to determine the uses, disposition of any surplus or net profits over and above the capital stock paid in, and in their discretion, the directors may use and apply any such surplus and accumulated profits in purchasing and acquiring the bonds and other obligations or shares of capital stock of the corporation to such extent and in such manner and upon such terms as the director shall deem expedient. But shares of such capital stock so purchased or acquired may be resold unless shares shall have been retired for the purpose of decreasing the corporation's capital stock as provided by law. And then it's signed by, um, you know, the undersigned people, the three men signed it, and uh, State of New York, County of New York, July the 7th, personally appeared. So this was signed off in New York people, okay, the United States Corporation um, Articles of Incorporation for the state. Uh, when, they inc when the United States Corporation Company signed these documents, they were signed in New York. The three men are from New York. And... Um, and and I believe that this is the real United States government because when we began looking it up, um, we pulled up the 2015 Secretary of State filings. They have a new address now, and it's located at 2711 Centerville, uh, Centerville Road, Suite 400, Wilmington, Delaware. And I think you people know who's in Wilmington, Delaware. And it has the file number, name and address of the current registered agent is the Prentice Hall Corporation System, Inc. And that's in Tallahassee. And, you know, the, I want to tell you, the new president, his name is um, Rodman Ward III. And the new secretary is George A. Massey III, okay? And their addresses are located in Wilmington, Delaware now. But the, the funny thing is, well, it's not funny, but when I began looking up, um, uh, uh, what is that, Rodman Ward III, I pulled up another corporation called CSC. And when I pulled up the CSC, um, it's, it's, he, all, he is also over this corporation. As a matter of fact, this is his corporation. And they began, now listen to this, this is why it's important. The CSC commenced business in 1899. Otto Nolan, then president of Equitable Guarantee and Trust Company, suggested to a young lawyer named Christopher Ward, remember Rodman Ward III is the new president of this corporation, that they establish an agency to organize business entities corporations, etc., and act as their registered agent with an initial with an initial investment by Noland and Ward. The Delaware Incorporators Trust Company was created. A similar company was formed separately by Josiah Marvel, an attorney and then leader of where? The American Bar Association the Delaware Bar Association, and the Delaware State Chamber of Commerce. In 1920, Ward and Marvel combined their two companies under the new name, 
Corporation Services Company, and that's what they're called today. Throughout the 1970s, CSC continued to serve only Delaware business entities. The company increased in size while Delaware's reputation as the corporate state also grew. And then from eight, it's going to tell you from 18, eight, uh, 1980 to 1985, they um, started, you know, getting a lot of cash infusions. Then they um, uh, sold a subsidiary that they had called Delaware Charter Guarantee and Trust, which they had acquired in '77. And now they, and then they have um, this new acquisition which was the Prentice Hall that I just gave you the address to on, on um, the 2015 filing, and Financial Services in 1995 and Entity Services Group, LLC, in 1998. And when you go down here more, it'll say, during the September 11th attack. Now, this is their company information, okay? It's not me yeah. coming up with this. Yeah. It says... The company had offices on the 87th floor of the World Trade Center's South Tower. It was among the few organizations located above the impact zones in either tower to weather the attacks unscathed, as all 60 employees present at the time of the attacks managed to evacuate the tower before the second plane struck. In 2003, CSC acquired LexisNexis Document Solutions to supplement its Uniform Commercial Code UCC Secured Lending, and they also took over Motor Vehicle Service. Rodman Ward III is its president and chief executive officer. He's been on the board for 15 years and is a fourth-generation descendant of Christopher Ward one of the company's founders. And the reason why this was really um, uh, important was because... Then when they're going to say, well, you did not finish your well, you didn't work hard. Uh, you didn't what? Work hard to... What was that? Oh, I guess they weren't talking to me. The reason why this is important is when you begin looking up the CSC online that I posted on the wall the other day, it says that they are a non-governmental agency. I mean, they're a non-governmental private corporation with private stocks, internal trading, and it is owned by very few people, and it says that this corporation begin, um, belongs to the families, heirs, and successors of the corporation. How can that be possible if the United States is supposed to be a government? I thought we were supposed to be a government, people. Oh, it also tells you that they do not trade their stocks with the public and that you're not allowed to know who they are. Who are the family members who own this corporation? You're not allowed to know who their successors and heirs are. But, like I said, Southern pulled up five more registered uh, articles of incorporation, one for Texas, I think, California, uh, Utah. We know that they have them in Chicago, as per their manual. Um, Oh, and they're actually located in, in Paris. 
It's an international corporation. Um, as you saw, I read the articles of incorporation, and this is exactly how our government is operating. They, do, they take everything from you. They granted their own selves rights as a corporation uh, when they did their um, articles of incorporation as the United States uh, company, uh, corporation company, to take all of all of our stuff, our real estate, uh, the the property, the land, everything. Isn't that what the lawyers do? Why? Because I just read to you that in 1920, the leader of the Bar Association merged with Mr. Christopher Ward of the Delaware Trust Company and created the CSC. And if you look it up, it says they own 90% of the entire world's titles. You can look it up on Wikipedia or their website. It tells you they, they are the owners of 90% of all titles created in the entire world. So who is the president of the United States? Mr. Obama or Mr. Ward? And you saw what the Articles of Incorporation said, domestic and foreign. Everything they do here, they're doing it also in other countries. Well, I read this today to the um, Secretary of State. Thank you. And there, I, it was so quiet I could hear a pin drop. When I asked them who is the President of the United States, Mr. Ward or Mr. Obama. And I told them, and you lied to the American people. Because everything that you have here in your bylaws is the very same thing that the American Bar Association is doing to all the American people. You have written every law here to um, administer the entire public, except there's one problem, sir. You are not a government. You are a private corporation. Totally private. Not even anything to do with the federal government. They're not even affiliated. They work with the Federal Reserve, but what they're doing, they are not the Federal Reserve, and they're not the federal government either. You can look them up, and it'll tell you a non-government entity. Southern, you want to add something to that? I, I, I mean, everybody's really quiet, so. <laughs> the Secretary of State. I don't really know what what we could add to that. He said, I'm not touching that one. He said, I took your notes, and I'll give it to the governor, but I don't have anything to say. That's what he said to me. Oh, yeah, they're becoming exposed, and they don't know how to deal with it. So they quiet down. Stock and all, I think, is what they're feeling right now because, you know, we're looking for these articles of incorporation for every state. If this, if this is what's ruling in every state and governing every state, well, guess what? It says that they're a not, they are a private corporation. They have nothing at all to do with government. 
These are their bylaws, as a matter of fact. It's not even the laws of the land. It's not a constitutional law. It, these men are not in office. We did not vote for them, people. How are they ruling our state and governing over every state if we did not vote for them? This is a private interloper who has taken over our country. Well, yeah, through the Federal Reserve and the banking acts in the 19, the teens and the 20s and the 30s, you know, that's what the whole thing was. They manipulated yeah. us into bankruptcy so we couldn't pay our bills. So, you know, right. we had we had to borrow money, so we became beholden to them, and that's pretty much, you know, how it all came down. Mm-hmm. No, we have money. The money's there, isn't it, Southern? Oh, yes. Based on the money is there. Trust me. They haven't touched Well, it. wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. Based Except on trust law, the under, there is one place where they have changed that law, and oh. that is for, that's under 42 U.S.C. 659. Hello? Yes. Yep, yep. Okay. Because uh, if you go look that up, that's under yeah. child support. All right, that allowed them to go into the trust accounts under 31 uh, USC 1321, which I believe, according to 1322, those are the Sesame Trust. All right, so they, if you go and read that, it's like I said, it's 42 USC 6, I think it's 659. All right, according to that document, they, the United States gave them permission to go into those trusts to pay child support. So we don't know what they did there. But we're starting okay. to see that child support is a tax being imposed on every American in this country as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. You'll see it in the Obamacare Act, people. If you don't get the Obamacare, you're going to be penalized. And this year, they're going to try to take between 2500 and 3000 That's your penalty. This law or bill that was passed, Obamacare Act, the Affordable Health Care, that is a sham. Because if you look at that article that we posted the other day, that family was paying 300 I believe, in $89 the first year, and then the next year they were told that they had to pay $1,400 for the same health care. Number two, when you get the health care, you're given crappy doctors that are very far away. Um, the emergency room, you have to go to a specific emergency room depending on who you chose. And I had three friends of mine tell me that the emergency room was 30 miles away and they could not go to any other or they weren't going to pay the bill. That was number two. Number three. If you can't afford the so-called Affordable Health Care Act, this year you're going to get socked with a penalty because it says there, I guess they investigate you as according to that letter, uh, IRS found, found out that they didn't have any health care that year, that family, they got hit with that $2,300 um, penalty. They're forcing you, number one, what they've done is they've made that Affordable Health Care Act 
unenticing. They're, they made it so expensive so that you wouldn't want it, and then they gave you crappy service so that you would not want to get it this year. Why? Because they weren't really trying to give you health care, people. I said it right from day one when I was reading the bill the first time that it came out. I was looking for some other things in there, but I was telling the people, this is a tax. I hope you guys know that this is a tax because if you don't get the health care, they said they're going to penalize you. This year, the people are going to feel the penalty. But if you look at the actual health care, many people are hit with with, with an amount that they can't afford. And it's to discourage you so that you don't buy the health care. They don't really want you to get it. They just want you to pay the penalty. And right. they're stealing your entire income tax check. Yep. Well, that was the whole thing about it. Obama refused to call it a tax when he was trying to push it through Congress. But then when it went to the Supreme Court, they said it's legal. If it's a tax, it's legal. <laughs> you know, so that that was really... You know, anytime you force anybody to buy something, it's a tax. So you can call it what you want. Exactly. I agree. And and here's the point. This this is really what should be making people really go out and knock on Congress's door and say, "What did you do here?" Because you didn't really um, offer us affordable health care. This is a this is a nightmare. Now you triple the price of the health care so that we couldn't afford it and take our chances and the penalty is high as well, people. And the ugly thing is that I think like this month, people are going to be hit with that penalty right before Christmas so that you'll know that this Christmas you won't be spending, even if it wasn't a holiday. Let's just say there wasn't a holiday. You already know that when it's coming tax season that you owe the government between two to three, four thousand dollars that's like a slap in the face. They're taking your entire um, income tax check from you. And that was what this bill was designed to do, actually. Because when I had read it the first time, I said, I can't believe that they did not read this health care bill. Not you, the people. Congress wasn't reading it because they knew that there was something really ugly in there. That's why Nancy Pelosi said, you gotta, you got to sign off on it before you can read it. Because if you read it, and those senators did, many of them did later, and they tried to get it repealed. This is to hurt us people. And it will hurt you if you didn't get any health care this year. They're going to penalize you. And you know how IRS is. They are mean and nasty. Oh, yeah. They don't, yeah, they don't care. They are worse than the police, trust me. So, Southern, you want to, I mean, if anybody has any questions, you can ask, and then, Southern, you can go ahead and make your answer before I, I mean, start was there ever, did, did, did they ever come, I'm sorry, did, did they ever come up with, a, like, a religious exemption, some kind of religious exemption for this health care? Because, really, the Bible is not very pro-doctors. And it says that, mm-hmm. uh, it says that the herbs and the plants will be for your healing. I'm just curious. I, I heard some talk, possibly about some kind of religious exemption or something. Does anybody know if that if if that's possible or if it's one could be created or? 
Not sure, but we can always look into that. I found a religious exemption from IRS yesterday. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, I found one for Medicare, Social Security, and um, another tax. But you had to belong to a specific congregation. Uh And then it said that you're not allowed to get no public benefits if you took this exemption. They are just so nasty. You want an exemption? Well, you can't get no food stamps. It says um, that the organization, the religious organization, will have to provide you with the necessities if you became impoverished. Um, It didn't list who they were, but I know that one of them is going to be the Mormons, and I think I saw the word Mennonites. I'm going to go into the actual rule. There was a number in there that we could pull up to see who were were the religious organizations that would be exempt. But are these churches really helping people? I don't know about Uh, the Mormons, but many churches do not help you when you need things. They take the exemptions, but when you need food and stuff, um, they tell you to go and apply for food stamps. They don't want to give you um, the services that they are taking exemptions for. Right. You probably have to be a 501, was it 5013C uh, charitable? Exactly. But they're not, they're taking the 501C, but they're not, they're not doing what they said as per the religious organization, they're being exempt, but it, it says um, they're supposed to be helping um, the congregation that they have if you need clothing, food for the children. Remember, right. the churches used to take care of the people a long time ago. Now they are taking the exemptions, and they're not giving you anything. Right. So, um, Southern, you want to uh, go ahead and tell them what your call was about before I go any, uh, into something else? Yeah, well, I, I got sidetracked a little bit, a little earlier. Uh, I've been making some calls this week. Uh, I don't know how many of you were here last week when we were talking about the militia. Right. But I've, been, I've been doing some more research, and I made a call uh, to the Adjutant General's office. I ended up talking uh, the first time yeah, for a little bit to what I believe to be a private or a corporal. Uh, he went and got his, as he said, superior officer, which I believe was a sergeant. And we talked. And he couldn't really, didn't really do me any good. And he got somebody else in there. I didn't know he'd ever catch who he was. But he said, I will have someone call you. The gentleman did you know, a while ago. Now, uh, there was a bunch of questions I asked him. Uh, some of them he answered, and some of them he side did the, what we call the Potomac 2 step on, it, on me. <laughs> I, literally. And some of them he just said, you're going to have to either contact the Pentagon or the Judge Advocate General, which is basically the Potomac 2 step. Uh, one of them was about the end of the Civil War. Because I, I asked the guy point blank, was there ever a resolution to that? And he said, the what do you mean resolution? There was a surrender. I said, yeah, but there was no uh, peace treaty and there was no armistice. I said, we both know that that has to be in order for a war to end. Uh, that was one of the things he told me I need to contact the Library of Congress on or the Judge Advocate General or something like that. But we went on and talked about uh, basically the militia part of the, of the 
Florida statute. And we read it, he pulled it up and read it, and he said, according to this, his exact words, he said, every man, woman, and child in this state's in the militia. And he was surprised to have read that. Okay? Because uh, he said, you're aware of the fact that the militia law is 18 to 45. I said, yeah, I have the Dick Act of 1903. I said, all the other militia laws I pulled up say the same thing. He couldn't believe that that actually said that. Because uh, basically, uh, uh, and he agreed, that put every man, woman, and child setting foot in this state, okay, in the militia. Uh, he also, we discussed about the fact of whether or not we should be getting paid. And I went through and I pulled up some uh, stuff this week that uh, the only time you're to be paid is on active duty. Well, I discussed that with the gentleman. And he said, according to this right here, he said, if you're living in this state, a resident and inhabitant, he said, you are on active duty. He said, they'd be hard-pressed to check this, say no. Right. That's what you were saying. Now, it gets real interesting right. here. Not As um, excuse me? You're not getting paid, though, even though they've secretly put you into the militia by their statute, but they're not paying you. Yes, that is correct. They're also not training us. They're not furnishing us with arms, transportation, housing, or anything else right. in the militia should be getting. Which, uh, it does say that, right, in the state laws that they were supposed to provide you housing and everything? Well, it says they're supposed to provide... No, it's in the Constitution. Okay. It's not going to It's in the Constitution of Florida. They're supposed to provide all training and everything. Now, we got down to some interesting questions here. Like I said, some of them, he went and touched the 10-foot pole. One of them was the, the power of the militia. And I flat out asked him, I said, Sir, as a militia under the, operate under the governor, I said... It is our job to enforce the laws of this state, correct? And he thought for a minute, he said, well, I would read it that way, yes. I said, so if we see somebody committing a crime as militia members, I said, we have the authority under the governor. I said, under the part of the governor where he has the power to call out the militia to enforce the laws of the state. He said, yeah. He said, you would. I said, I wouldn't have to wait for anybody. He said, well, he said, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> Bottom line, I, we were still investigating. But we did do one thing. Uh, I discussed uh, military protocol with him. I and military and gay rules of engagement. And basically what he told me when I asked him, I said, let me ask you this question. I said, if I see somebody walking my street... I said, with a weapon on his side, wearing a type of military uniform, with a military uh, uh, declaration on his shoulder, a military or American flag on the other shoulder, uh, and a military rank on his arm, the guy stopped me right there. He said, he damn well better be United States military. I said, you're kidding. He said, I'm not kidding you a bit. He said, I didn't know what you're talking about. He said, and we're watching this very very closely. He said, I am not happy. He said, with a man wearing four stars, he said, that never went to Annapolis. I think he said he went to Annapolis, Maryland, 
War College to become a Brigadier General. And he flat told me point blank. He said, I'm not happy about that at all. He said, I know a lot of military today. He said, these people, he said, where do they get their military training? He said, where do they get their authority to wear this stuff? He said, I don't know. He said, but it is going to become an issue. Because we discussed the 19, the uh, 18, uh, I think it was 54 or 56 uh, laws of war, the Brussels Agreement, uh, the Libra Code, the 1899, 1907, 1929, I said, well, they tell me that's how they rank police. He said, yeah. He said, they do rank military police like that. So we had, we had a nice little conversation. That's why I was running late tonight, by the way. I couldn't get him today. But they are, they're watching this really close. And like I said, these, these people are not happy with what they're seeing. Not at all. Because apparently the, the, what's going on with the shootings and the beatings and everything that they're seeing and they are watching it. I'll tell you that right now. All right. They are Don't blame them because they see that someone's taking over. This is another corporate takeover that um, we've been watching, and we're starting to see full-blown corporations that are non-governmental taking over. Remember that, Jay, that you called um, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement for the state, and they said they did not know who these police officers were working for? That's right. Pam Bundy even said it. How could you have people working as police officers in every county, but you don't know who their employer is? Well, the, 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 when we call, we called Pam Bundy a long time ago, remember? And she told yeah. us she had no jurisdiction over the people, and she sent nope. us to the Bureau of Consumer Affairs. There yeah. are 330-something, 387 or something like that, law enforcement agencies in the state, people, okay? And they are not uh, under the government. She said we had to call no. the Department of Consumer Affairs if we had a problem with them. And when I called, um, there was this officer. He was an imposter that I told you guys a story about last week. I called the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. That's the state's law enforcement. Am I correct, Southern? That's supposed to be, yes. Okay, they arrested that police officer and um, had him deported with his whole family. He was arrested and put in um, prison here in Florida for a whole year, and I found this article a year later showing that the same man that I reported was deported um, from the United States. Because these police officers, I'm telling you, they're not government officers and they do not work for the state at all. They're lying to you if they do because the actual real police department, which is the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, which is the state, arrested him, stripped him of his um, job, and had him deported. Well, we're, we're looking, I'm looking at something right now with Department of Law Enforcement 
the Department of Military Affairs. I called them also and I talked with some people up there, all right, about this small thing I found in, that we got in this uh, uh, Constitution. <laughs> they didn't like the fact that I told them I wanted my, a brand-new M16 rifle, all right, and a 1,000 rounds of ammo. They didn't go for that one at all. <laughs> I, didn't think, I didn't think they would. But uh, we are also contact. I'm also been in contact with the uh, Inspector General's office. I did not talk to him. I talked to one of his old girls because I want to know who these people are that are walking around my land on my on what I consider my my state. All right, with military insignias on. And right now, I'm not getting an answer. You know, there was, like I said, there, there's some of those people I've talked to this week over this were absolutely in shock. The lady from, this one lady I talked to, with, to, uh, with the Far Department of uh, 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 Inspector General's office, when she read this, she said, oh, my God, that part about being in a militia, she didn't believe it. I don't think nobody has ever read these constitutions. All right, but for those of you who are here, listen very carefully. I'm going to put this on Facebook tomorrow. You need to get into your state laws and start looking this stuff up. You also need to get into your laws and start looking up all right, the, uh, your uh, state um, oath of office, okay? And you also need to start looking up your oath right, as a voter, because these people sitting on these benches and walking around with these guns on are taking oaths to, that to both the state and the federal constitution. Okay? Both of them. Okay? Now, we need to start using these constitutions in these courts. And these people say, oh, they don't apply to you? Put that in writing. All right? Tell me this doesn't apply to me. Because they're taking oaths to these things, people. And let's start bringing them out and challenging them on it. All right, you get into your state constitution, your Bill of Rights, you're going to find some real interesting stuff in there. All right, especially in the, in, in the uh, preambles of them. All right, it's just, these people that I'm talking to, I don't know, they're not even believing what I'm showing them with this stuff. And uh, I'm gonna, like I said, I'm going to try to get in touch I got a call into the Inspector General's office, the uh, Bureau of Military Affairs, right, and some other people that I'm hoping to get some, had some answers on some of this stuff for us. But right now, it, that's what I got. All right. Now, some of the stuff that this guy, that I did talk to this guy about, and I flat out asked him, point blank, are we living in military districts? All right. Are these states military? military I lost you. Yeah, I notice how that at that very moment. Notice how that that very moment happened. Hello. Yeah, I yep. hear you uh, now. I, I can hear you. Uh, yeah, yeah. And notice at that very moment it happened. But I asked this guy point blank: Is these states military districts? And you know what his answer was, boys and girls? You got to contact the judge advocate general office of the Pentagon. 
I think these people now, who damn well know. Either the Judge Advocate General in Quantico, Virginia, or the Pentagon. Because I asked them point blank, are these people on our streets? Are these military districts under martial law? And he wouldn't answer. He flat out wouldn't answer it. Fine. Okay? They know. They know. Trust me. They know because <clears throat> we're just hitting them right now with some stuff here that they are in total shock. Well, um, what was in really total shock were these people? Was this stuff in the Constitution of this state? They had, they had no way of, of backing down out of that point. Am I or am I not? I'm, a militia member. Am I not, you know, a full-time militia member? Because according to this, it says I am. But now they have something called the State Guard, okay, which was in this state during the wars. And according to what my research so far, hold on one minute, let me pull this thing up. Uh, they were... Uh, Special Secretary of the National Guard when they got called up to active duty. But they're still supposed to, from what I understand, are still supposed to be training the people out here on this, and they're not doing it. Because if, if the war Maybe ever that's broke why, out... Um, I'm wondering if that's why the Second Amendment allows everyone to have guns because they're all secretly in the militia and they don't know that they are. Well, if you read some of the militia acts that I got out there on legal deception, well, hold hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, let me pull this up That would be the only thing that would allow them to be able, I mean, you've seen in some states they teach their children to use the guns and shotguns and hunting rifles and stuff. That's probably because they don't say anything much about it because they're secretly, they've secretly enrolled everyone in the militia without even knowing. Well, if I you didn't read the Constitution thoroughly, Southern, you would not have known that all of the men, women, and children were enrolled. But we're well, just not being paid. Okay, here's one for you. You might want to look it up, boys and girls. This is the. What is this? Uh, this is a, the. Uh, hold on one second. National Defense Act. Okay. Believe it or not, this is the the National Defense Act of nineteen sixteen. You need to pull this up. It's not in PDF. Okay. The, the National what? Defense Act, you need to read this. Excuse me? Hold on, let me see who that is. Yeah, you need to pull this National Defense Act up, and, and you need to read this, because they're telling you right in here. All right? Uh, they're talking about the militia. They're talking about all engineers. They're talking about all kinds of stuff in this thing. Okay? And also another one. (laughs) 
And the other one is the uh, Dick Act. I know a lot of people know what that is. Okay? Hold on. Well, a lot of people don't know what that is. Well, uh, basically, it's the Dick Act to promote the effectiveness of the militia and for other purposes. It created your military, your mili- uh, the military of the United States, all right, and your organized militia, and also your National Guard. This was done in 1908, okay? Mm-hmm. And we need, we need to start reading this stuff, and I'm going to do some research and put it all into a, a, a PDF file and put it out there on legal deception. All right, so everybody can have access to it because there's a bunch of militia acts out there that say that we're all the right here in this. It says, okay, uh, who is they're talking about who is uh, in the militia? This is 1908. Who is more than 18 and less than 45 years of age and shall be divided into two classes: the original, the organized militia, to be known as the National Guard, or of the state territory or district of Columbia. And by such definitions given, the state territories also known to be as a reserve militia. So they're separating right there the National Guard and the people's militia. All right, but if you look at the state of Florida Constitution, the state of Florida changed the, uh, and I think a lot of states did this. Instead of having the Second Amendment, when they did the Second Amendment, all right, they put a catch in there because it's only in, in the latter one. Of 1968 of the six, six state constitutions I read, that all the other ones is the same as the Second Amendment. But in 1968, they stuck it in there by subject to state law about carrying a firearm, I mean, a pistol, a rifle, anything. So basically, they, they took the Constitution right there and threw it away. The second they changed that, they didn't have the authority to do that. All right? Well, we, it's like we, they didn't uh, have the authority to merge the American Bar Association with the Delaware Trust Company mm-hmm. and create the United States Corporation Company and pretend that they were a government. I hear you. Now, I'm also going to do something else I'm going to hit somebody with tonight here. Hold on. Let me pull this up. Uh, sitting out there on uh, legal deception, there is a flag manual. Okay? It is 840-10. Okay? Uh, I went in and read this thing last weekend. I was sitting around with nothing to do. And let me tell you all something. You guys who keep pointing to those flags that yellow fringe on it, uh, it is in here. I'm trying to find a remember where I was identified. I was it. thinking about when you're in elementary school, right now to this day, you know you pledge allegiance to the flag, but it's not a yellow fringe flag, is it? No, the, a yellow fringe flag, I'm trying to find it here. I'm just uh, saying, the school does not use a yellow fringe flag when you're pledging allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. 
and Here it to is. the republic for which it stands. Right. They're saying that a... that's the republic flag. What flag is that? No, 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 they're not. No, they're not. No, they're not. That is a military flag created by the Wahi Islam. Listen here. This is B. You need to get it. You all need to get in and read this. Okay, very carefully. National flags listed below for in, are for indoor display and for and for use in ceremonies and parades. For these purposes, the flag of the United States will be a Ryan banner, cloth, or heavyweight nylon trimmed in three sides with golden yellow fringe, 2.2 and a half inches wide. It will be the same size or larger than any other flag displayed or carried at the same time. So that is basically what you're looking at in that courtroom is a parade flag. That is on uh, page 5 of Army Field Manual 840-10, first of November, 1998. And if what you go What kind right of a flag is this? That's, a, that's, a, that's what you call the United States flag. The one, right. that, the one with the gold fringe? Yes. It's a parade flag. Then what um, is the flag that the children are pledging allegiance to? <laughs> you really want to know? That's a, yeah, I think that's it's a, really important that, that the parents know what their army, children are pledging allegiance to. If it doesn't have a fringe on it, it's an army field flag. Now, you heard on. that, people. You heard, I mean, be sure because you don't want you children pledging up. allegiance to send, you know, that's probably why they're they're ordered to um, do that, that effective is, service. That is right in the middle, okay, of uh, page five, B. That's, I'm going to read it again. National, the national, it says national flags listed below for indoor display and for use in ceremonies and parades for these purposes. All right, for these purposes, all right, the flag of the United States will be a Ryan Banner cloth and heavyweight nylon trimmed on three sides with golden yellow fringe two and a half inches wide. It will be the same size or larger than any other flag displayed or carried at the same time. It's a pretty ceremonial flag, man. That's not, that's not Admiralty Maritime Jurisdiction. All right? It's right here. Everything can be found and looked up somewhere. Now, down here below. Authorized for indoor display. The flag of the United States is authorized for indoor display at each. Ready for this one, ladies and gentlemen? Office headquarters and organizations authorized as potential colors, designating flag, and organized colors. Military posts, okay? What they're talking about. Organizations of battalion size or larger, temporary or permanently, not otherwise authorized, a flag of the United States. Military officers not authorized, not otherwise authorized, an indoor flag of the United States for the purpose of administering oaths of office. Four military courtrooms. Military courtrooms. 
five, U.S. Army Joint Command, military groups, all right? Six. Wait a minute. So what are you saying? What is, what is hanging in the military courtroom? The United States flag. And that is the one without the fringe? No, the one with the fringe is, is it's, the, listen, all that fringe is, according to right here on this document, the, the, it's a ceremonial flag. It's, it's a frayed flag, okay? One without the fringe, all right, is a field flag. That's what you always see on, on, the, on the post. But that's what they're saying right here. It is nothing but a ceremonial flag. All right? Mm-hmm. Now, hold on. I'm far from being done here tonight. Hold on. Okay. Like I said, you need to get in and read this because right here on page one, it's talking about restrictions. I'm not going to get in and read all this, but you need to look up. Uh, let me find that. All right. You need to look this up, and you need to start reading this thing. You will find out a lot about that flag, and you need to pull up. It's on legal deception, and so is the 1959, uh, the white D. Eisenhower, uh, uh, President Eisenhower's flag, uh, uh, executive order. That's on legal deception, too. I'm trying to find something else that's really important here. I'm just thinking in your report, did you write down where these flags are hanging? Um, I'm I'm going to get to that in just a second. Yeah, I think it's really important because, see, these children are being indoctrinated, and we've got to stop it. Right, well, patriotism is part of the, you know, it's part of the whole scam. You're not being patriotic to to the country. You're being patriotic to the false government. You know, mm-hmm. so, so they they you know they instill patriotism. You know, it's part of it's part of the whole thing. Part of the whole you know they tell us in school we're under the Constitution, but they but they're not you know but they're taking that away from us. They're not yeah. even serving you. Um, what Rod Class had found out, I think it was last year, that you know if you look at your voters registration, this is I was talking about this last week. The voter's registration, you really need to look at all your IDs, okay? It's ours in Florida. It's written in your proper name, upper and lower case. But, and it's because they need real men and women to be registered to vote, okay? But he said that 24 hours after the vote has been submitted, um, they no longer, the Constitution becomes um, obsolete again. And now they work for the corporation and not for you. And that is why these attorney generals are saying that the agencies are their clients. And our attorney general in Southern heard her say to me, uh, you have to call the Division of Consumer Affairs. She said, I work for the corporation. Okay. She told me she worked for This is on page 11. See, I went through and highlighted this stuff, so I've got to find it. This is 3-39 field flag, okay? An outdoor designation flag, Orion and wool. See, they're all different types. They're different. They're, they're, they're made differently. 
six foot by eight inches hoist by 12 foot fly used under field conditions in lieu of the potential. Procedural colors is authorized for position or individuals indicating I cable to the field flag has the same design colors as the cons- uh, corresponding positional colors. There is no fringe on the field flag. There you got it. It's right there. Um, and field on. flag means what? War flag? That's the one flying over all everything else. It's a field flag. The war flag. It's a war flag. Here you okay. go. Raise this. Did you Anybody know that, that apartment complexes have flags in front of them? Did you know that? Yes. Yes. I did. Yeah, I work, I, work, I work for an apartment complex. Do you guys and, and have we, a flag in front of it? Yeah, we have the, the, we have the, the United States flag and the, the Texas flag. We have, we have both flags in front. On, on yeah, flag we do too. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> they yeah, take it down every night, but the poles are right there. But he's saying that that's the war flag. Hold so on, they don't have the, the fringe. Well, I I I I haven't I've I've seen it one time. They have the there's a flag of the United States, but it's the like the I I forgot what the term they use, but it looks different. The the the, the stripes are are, mm-hmm. are are vertical instead of like sideways. They go up and down, and really? it's yeah, it's um you know how the 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 regular stars and stripes is the the exactly the stripes go I mean the stripes go sideways, but this one it goes up and down. On right, the, on the one the is horizontal. Flag. Exactly, the yeah, horizontal. Flag there you go. Vertical, right? Yes, vertical. They're they're up and down. Yeah, it it looks a little bit different, and there and there's no blue field with stars. There's no blue field with the fifty stars. It's it looks different. It's almost like the entire flag is. It's mainly the star. I mean, it's mainly the stripes, and it has another, but it doesn't have the blue part. You know what I mean? Like with the state, I mean with all the states, the 50 states, it's not like that. If I can find it, I'll, I'll post it, but uh, I see Yeah, it. I'm wondering if we should be putting the flag of peace in front of our property so that when they trespass on you, you'll have your flag of peace there because you notice that when you guys hang um, the other flag out, they come and they tear it down or they need you to remove it from your home. When you put it on your personal property, um, in many places they've had news media there showing that they'll take that flag off of you or tear it down or they'll burn it or, I mean, just do all kinds well, of things. But I was just wondering, too, about those flags. Like, why do they, um, in many places, they'll disrespect the flag but then again, what flag is the true flag of peace for America? Because remember, we're to, the peaceful civilians here. I'm yes. going to answer your questions right now in just a minute. Any more, you, got a, you got your computer on by any chance, anybody? Hello? Is what? Does anybody have their computer on? Yeah, I, I'm in front of my computer. Okay, look up 36 USC 173. I will quote this. 2.7, this is on page 6. Use and display of U.S., listen to this, U.S. flag by civilians. Civilian groups 
and organizations are governed by 36 U.S.C. 173. Civilians who inquire about the display of the United States flag should be referred to the statute. To this statute. Right? This should also be advised to consult the Attorney General of the state in which you and which they reside or operate to, for information concerning state laws that apply to U.S. flags. Now, I find that kind of, that statement kind of strange, don't you? Mm-hmm. That's probably That's, why they come and tear down some of those flags because well, I'm gonna tell you they know what now. they mean. Well, I got some news for you. I'm gonna really blame my own up. Hello? Yes. Oh. Hi. You know, a lot, a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people are confused. A lot of people I speak to are have this confusion about the flag. And, and but well, what I mean by that is, do we? Wait a minute. I'm gonna go have ahead. confusion tonight. Executive Order One Zero Eight Three Four. All right, Executive Order, 10834. All right. This is August 21, 1959. Appears at 24 Federal Regulations 68, uh, 65, 3 CFR, 1959 to 1963. All right, ready for this? You're going to love this. Whereas, the state of Hawaii has this day been admitted to the Union, and whereas Section 2 of Title 4 of the United States Code provides the following, on admission of a new state into the Union, one star shall be added to the Union of the flag, and such addition shall make effect on the fourth day of July of the next succeeding such administration, and whereas the Federal Property Administrative Act of 1949 63 Stat 377, as amended, authorizes the President to prescribe policies and directives governing the procurement utilization of property by executive agencies. Whereas the interest of the government requires an orderly and responsible provision being made for various matters pertaining to the flag and that appropriate regulations governing the procurement, utilization of national flags, and union jacks. I ain't figured that one out yet. By executive agency. I've heard, I've heard of that. The Union Jack. Listen to what this says. That's Carefully, people. Carefully. Now, therefore, by virtue of the authority vested in me as President of the United States, as Commander in Chief of the Armed Forces of the United States, and the Federal Property and Management Service Act of 1940, as admitted, I do hereby order the following. And it gives you the flag design, okay, all the way down. Tells you everything about the flag. This new flag. Notice what Where that says. Where is found at? That is Executive Order 10834 by United States flag of the United States. That is also can be found in the in the file for section of legal deception. Okay. So here's here's the catch words. I'm gonna read it again. 
Now, therefore, by virtue of the authority vested in me as President of the United States and Commander-in-Chief of the Armed Forces of the United States. That flag's a military flag. You know why? Congress never okayed it. This one's done. But the president did, didn't he? Yeah, but he did that. The only way he could have done that was as Commander-in-Chief. All right? You said Executive Order 10034? Hold on. Let me get, go back up Hold here. Hold on. I got it up here. Hold on. 10834. Oh, 10-8? Okay. Yeah, put that in your browser. You're going to pull up a whole, a whole yeah, mess of good stuff up. on it. Um, yeah. I thought, the gov- I thought that the governors of every state were the commander-in-chief. They are. Of their state. But he's the commander-in-chief of the, of the federal uh, military. See, if you look, listen, I, 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 I said this all before. I, uh, I think about the first or second show. Let's, let's look at the United States. You have a president who's commanding chiefs of the military, right? From that person, let's go over to the person in charge of the Department of Justice. What do they call that person? Attorney what? General. Attorney General. Why do they call him General? Why don't they just call him Attorney? Or chief attorney, or head attorney. Why the word general? Stan Bundy is the attorney, what? General of the state of Florida. Right. Rick Scott, right, Scott, Rick Scott, right, is what? Commander in chief of the militia, state militia. You're also starting to see the, the military side of this thing and everything you do. I They're mean, more everything. than just commander in chief, though, you know that. Listen, one catch. It's like the Surgeon General. All right? You start looking at these people, they got the word General behind their name. I pulled something up one time, but I lost it. How many different people in the government, all right, just the federal government, have the word General behind their name? So the Lieutenant Generals, the, the Governors, the, the, the guys under the Governor in oh, the States? Oh, you're wrong, Southern. The attorneys are called Generals, too. That's what I just said. Okay. Grand Bundy's called, called the Attorney General. You'll know when you're talking to the head attorney because their name is General Counsel. That's what their names are called when they're the head attorney. Um, the governor is called... He is called... Governor and Commander-in-Chief of the Army and Navy of this state and of the militia thereof. Right, you have Lieutenant Governors. Yeah, Lieutenant Governor. It says here by um, Georgia, it says Governor and Commander-in-Chief of the Army and Navy of this state. I didn't, we have an Army and Navy in each state. It says virtually the same thing. And it says, and of the militia thereof. It's same way. Mm-hmm. Could that be the reserves, maybe? No, that's no, it doesn't say reserve. reserve. It just says that they're the... It doesn't say, like, reserve. It just says Army, Navy, and militia. 
of of each state. I'm trying to figure out what they mean. Is it just you know because because there's, they happen to be positioned in the state? Maybe they're maybe they're gov. You know, the governor of of Virginia is the chief of like Norfolk because the bases are in his jurisdiction. No, 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 no. no. The governor of the state, the governor of the state, has no authority really over federal federal troops. He only has it over the National Guard. Not verified that. Alright, when, listen carefully, when the National Guard is out on active service for the United States. Now, that presents a little bit of a problem. Because in the state of Florida, and now, it lists everybody in, in, in the uh, Florida Constitution, everybody, right, as being in the militia. Period. Without, without exception. Now, if this man is commander in chief of the militia, then he literally is the commander in chief over everybody in this in the state of Florida, which mm-hmm. would explain a lot of stuff. Okay. See, if we can pin if we can pin down who are uh, these these police out here on these streets really are with the military stripes on their shoulders and stuff, if we can lead them back to to the to the Stone uh, Age. <laughs> no, back to the back to the governor. Guess what, boys and girls? I got a nice little surprise for him because you all are aware that uh, under an act of uh, treaty, okay, that he's responsible for anybody under his command. Anybody, the acts of everybody under his command. I think this is why when we try to find out who's in charge of these police, we keep getting nobody. Don't you find that interesting, Chihuahua? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't know. Everybody keeps telling us no, that I they don't they know who's the know. police. I think they know, but they know that who is something. There's got to be a chain of command here. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's got to be a chain of command. That, that, that's it. Then let's skip the, the BS here. There's got to be a chain of command somewhere. And that's what I'm trying to locate. And if I can lead that back to the governor of this state, or any state, I, I got some news for you. Okay, if I find out he's in charge of these police, and, and these people are walking around as, as militia, okay, on our streets, we're going to have a serious problem. Because he's now obli- he's now absolutely responsible. Yeah, for those but people remember, Bob got four rulings from South Car- uh, from North Carolina, where the uh-huh. where he um, subpoenaed the Secretary of State, and she said that the police were not any state entity; that they were acting privately at their own capacity. Uh-huh. They were not. They were not affiliated with the state in any way, shape, or form. People, these people are pretending. They're pretending. And if you guys have court cases and you see like denials on your court case, like me and Rod, we were looking at our cases one day in municipal court. It says state object. It doesn't say what state objected. It doesn't say state of California, state of North Carolina objects. Your no, your no, they're lying to you. They use these little words like the state objects. 
because they're not a they're not a state entity. They are private corporations, people, and you can really get them. And um, what we're going to do, which I'm going to do, because I'm, I'm we're looking them up. We're going to pull up the United States Corporation Companies um, uh, Article of Incorporation. For we're going to try to find for all fifty states and upload them to Legal Deception for your defense when you're challenging the jurisdiction. Not only are you challenging the name because you're heir to the estate, that birth certificate is your your paper, um, that's your estate. And you separate yourself from that. And um, you're you're going to challenge the jurisdiction by giving them a copy of the Articles of Incorporation of the corporation and pull up their current um, filing, which, uh, let me see, Indiana just gave me the link to pull up Indiana's. But um, let me see, I think Southern gave me some for uh, the other states. I just got to pull them up for you guys. But um, okay. this will kill them. I think this would be able to kill your cases in court because they're they're not a government entity at all. I'm talking about this is really this is really the bar association and the Delaware Trust Company working together. They've taken over all. You're looking at the Articles of Incorporation. All you got to do is get it from the state's website, read it. It's telling you that this is a private corporation, um, for-profit, and their job is to steal everything from you. Job. Remember, job means to steal. Right. So, so they, when they say the people of the state of New York versus, they mean the people that are employed by the corporation, I guess, right? I mean, exactly. Yeah. Because there's I mean, no I, way. I, I, you know, I always presumed it to mean all the citizens of the state. You know what I mean? Because that's what it mm-hmm. that's what it appears to mean, but it's it's totally not that at all. No, no, not at all. They've proven with the UCC filings that we were the collateral. The collateral can't be drug in to a courthouse and told to pay a debt. And you know what you could do? I would take that UCC filing that was filed um, and look at it carefully, because that one was for the public utilities, right, for California. But I would take that UCC and say, well, how is it that you're asking that I pay a debt when on this document right here, we're listed as collateral. How does how does a collateral pay a debt? Good point. I mean, what what, what I heard that what happens in the core is they are switching roles of the trust with you. Yes, they are. And so somebody that, gave me a great idea for them doing that. And what you do is when you write your response, right? Right. You tell them that you you write your first name only, lowercase comma agent slash air, then you write BC number of your birth certificate number, and then you write for the all capital name, right? right? And then you write, I require that this competent court provide me with an administrator and trustee as this is my estate. This person has been doing this now, and they actually dismiss and throw the cases out because 
you've now identified who you are to that birth certificate. They can't now say that you're the trustee or debtor because you've told them that you're the heir. You have to write down in your paper agent slash heir because I have another book that was given to me, and it talks about familial relations, and they also gave me a statute. I'll have to pull it up later. But he was reading it to me, and he says, do you know who's missing from this entire relationship? And I said, who? He goes, the heir to the estate. They're not listed on here because they don't want you to be the heir of your estate. So you have to identify yourself immediately as heir to the estate. And you write the BC number, he says, right next to it, your birth certificate number, and then you write for the all capital name. Now there's no mistake about who you are. There's no mistake as to whether they're going to respond to you, whether they're going to talk to you in court, or they're going to tell you to get the hell out of their courtroom. He says, we don't want to play a name game with them. We want to let them know that we know who we are. Right. You're the the missing heirs to the entire enchilada. Because, remember, they want to call you infant decedent, and Social Security has already admitted to me that they did this, so we're not going to play no more games with Social Security. They've already admitted to their... They're a little fraud, and they said it was the United States' fault. And um, IRS um, also does the same thing. I found some documents where Social Security and IRS are switching documents with each other, and everybody knows that IRS has the master IRS file. Well, they use that with that Social Security number. So those two are working together to keep you as a decedent. But... He says, when you start putting your first name only in lowercase, they don't have no control of the lowercase name. And remember, lowercase name, first name only, or first name dash middle. It has to be with a dash because you have to convert it into one name as per biblical law. What I put inside her shirt. Comma agent, forward slash air, BC number, which is your birth certificate number, and then below it, write for the all capital name without recourse. Now you've identified yourself as to your relationship to them in the courtroom and to that birth certificate. The new one. Do you have that on the in a file on the on the site or no? No, but I can I can um, type something up on a Word document. I've just been working all week on getting you guys this information about these corporations. No, I'm looking you. them up because I need you guys to have this for your weapon. You know, not like a weapon. It's your protection to show um, that the courts are nothing but a bunch of liars claiming that they're a government. <clears throat> and um, this United States corporation is showing that they're a private uh, entity. And I just gave you guys the link on the chat room wall. You guys can pull it up and look on the right, on the sidebar, it's telling you right there that this is um, the CSC who owns the United States Corporation, owns 90% of the name, and um, that man uh Ward Rodman III is a fourth-generation ancestor of the founder of the Delaware Corporation. Now he's the president 
of the United States Corporation. And I can upload. I'll try to upload. I just converted that into a PDF. I'll upload it to the wall tomorrow so you can see who the who the president is of the United States Corporation right now. And he's also the owner of the CSC Corporation, which is um, the CSC is listed as um, a private held corporation, and they are in the industry as registered agent, corporate governance, corporate compliance, name and intellectual property management, and they were established, see, founded in Delaware in 1899 by his probably great, great, great grandfather, Chris Ward. Who are they merged with together? The American Bar Association. So you know now who is really screwing you over. Oh, and uh, wait a minute. Let me tell you who the other guy is. Um, the Secretary of the United States Corporation. Hold on, let me pull up his paper. His name is, and you can look him up because I posted it on my wall the other day, George A. Massey III, and guess what he is? He is um, a big wig in the Bar Association right now. So you got the head of the bar and the head of the Delaware Corporation as president and secretary of the United States Corporation which is right in their bylaws. Their job is to take everything from you. And when you look up the names, they own 90% of all Fortune 500 company names and 90% of all corporate entities, individual titles, and any kind of title you can think of all over the world. And what else do they have here? Um, the other thing was, let me see what the other one was, because I, I think I posted, hold on one second. Uh, right, so, so then what does that make Obama the president of? That's what I'm trying to ask. If, the, if these two <laughs> men are the president and, and secretary of state, I mean, of the corporation, then what is Obama? Is oh, he the president of the Federal Reserve and the feds? No, he's not even that. He's not that. The Federal Reserve doesn't answer to them. Uh, Bernanke said that publicly. The Federal Reserve doesn't answer to anybody. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just he's an illusion, I guess. He's just a. Maybe, I don't. The vice president of the Ten Mile Square. The Ten Mile Square. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> maybe. Well, you maybe could be right. Yeah. Right. That is overreaching um, its boundaries. Exactly. Well, no, you mean the states you. are overreaching their boundaries when well, they're claiming that um, you're a federal captive and you're in these courtrooms and, and it's really a private entity yep, that is headquartered and it says that it's an international corporation. They're all overreaching their boundaries. Yeah. Trying to get a piece um, of us. But it's always good to have proof of of that because oh, absolutely. we say yeah. things to them and they ignore you. So you just lay a little piece of paper on there and says, you know, um, 
I know what's what going is on the here. nature of this matter? And I require that you give me an administrator and trustee to handle the nature and matter of this complaint. Because you're the trust, you're the um, heir, so you can't talk. Um, it says, hold on, I'm trying to find the ones for the other states here. Um, that Southern gave to me the other day. Uh, let's see here. So that way, if anybody wants to download for their state, they can do that if I can find the other numbers here. Hold on. I think that the, uh, paper, the, pa- the paper by Judge Dale that was going around for a while, I, he said something about telling the judge that you're appointing him as the, it was either the trustee or the administrator. No, you're not the administrator. You don't. You, you know why? Because remember, the trust account, already has an administrator and trustee. They're trying to make you the administrator and trustee so that you can pay the bill. They're supposed right. to pay the bills, remember. You're Which the is actually heir. a felony. And I believe I believe I read somewhere it's a felony for them to do that. It's called it's called personage or personation or something. To switch mm-hmm. to switch the roles of a trust, knowingly switch the roles of a trust, I think it's a I think it's a felony. Well if you can find that 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 would be fantastic. All right, I'll well, look what this says. It. it says um, they gave me Rule 17, FRCP. A party who's missing, the intestated heir is missing. Um, rule 17 will miss you from the list. Under the rules of chancery, rules of the Circuit Court of the United States. We'll talk about that later, about the Circuit Court. But you got to look up. Um, FRCP Rule 17, and that's where they pointed out to me that the heir is missing from this rule because you're the heir, and they don't want—they don't want to dare talk about you. That's your trust. That's—I mean—that's your estate and trust, and it's a trust, people, because. You'll see from that UCC one filing, it tells you that it's a, it's a trust that they put you into. And when they put you into the trust, you become a corpus. Um, I mean, there was something else here. Corpus, corpus means body. Corpus is body. Corpus yeah. Christi is the body of Christ. So. Mm-hmm. They put you in there. And what was the other thing I found about dead body? Right, dead body. It's the dead body. I think the corpus. Yeah, yeah. He this. um, You're called. It says that then. uh, When you look at the. um, uh, When you look at the rules of uh, what is that? um, I think it's Social Security. They call you an infant. And in IRS, they call you just a decedent estate. Those are the key words you've got to be looking for. When you talk to them, you tell them, I'm not the infant decedent, and this, and, I'm not, and this is not a decedent estate. You're talking to the living man. Those two, that's what I used on them the other day, and then the lady just told me. She goes, I didn't do that to you anyways. The United States did. And I t- <laughs> Yeah, she did. And I said, so you knew this. Why didn't you tell me when I called you the last couple of times? She said, I needed to see how much you know. (laughs) She did. She told me that. And I was, like, kind of shocked that she's trying to blame the United States. 
Southern, who did General Counsel blame when we found, um, when Southern found all this money and he had me call the General Counsel? Who did she blame? They always go back to the United States, but you got to remember something. All right? The people sitting in Congress, they came from these states. Mm-hmm. All right? They didn't come from some foreign country over here. They came from these states. So they can blame Washington, D.C. But what they're blaming is the people that that's sitting in Congress, okay, that came from these states. You follow mm-hmm. me? But they're smart, right. though. You know what they do? Like, they'll say um, the state opposed. The United States did this. They don't want to tell you that it's the United States Corporation. They just say the United States or the decedent estate. And, I, and when I asked them, what is a decedent? This lady told me um, the first time I called Social Security, I said, do you know what a decedent is? She goes, um, no, I don't. What does it mean? I said, it means you're dead. She goes, well, you're not dead. I said, I know I'm not dead. I'm talking to you right now. Now, why do you have me listed as an infant decedent? <laughs> she says, but I didn't know that, that, it, that it meant that. And I said, ma'am, all I want to do is change my status. I want you to change me from dead to living. And I want you to correct my Social Security number. And you guys can try this because this is what she told me I had to do that I had to go into my local Social Security office and I needed to bring in a proof of life. Proof of life? And Yeah, proof of life with two. It had to be if your parents could write a proof of life for you, that means that they, you know, or it could be written by somebody that knew you for well over 15 years that could validate that you were born on such and such day and in such and such, you know, place, and who were your parents, like who is your mother and father, and um, and I'm taking uh, up what Jaro said, which is don't say that you were born male or female. You were born a boy or a girl. Do, change it back to boy or girl, and that they are to write your name in proper. And I told her, well, I'm not going to use the last name anymore. I want you to, uh, she said, you can pick whatever name you want. That's exactly what she said. And she told me that they were supposed to give me a special form to fill out and that it had to go to Baltimore, Maryland, which is the headquarters. And that they're going to change the Social Security number and you will know if you got the right one, she said, because it's going to have a letter at the end of the numerical sequence. That's what she said. Uh, so I got to go in on Monday, and I'm going to tell them I need the special Social Security form because I need to make corrections. This one has a lot of mistakes on it. Do you know the form number of that fighting uh, What? Do you know the form number of that form? No, she didn't give it to me. They don't. She, listen, she barely wanted to tell me. Barely. I practically oh, okay. had to harass that woman to death just to tell me what she was telling me. My social security already has an A at the end of it. That mean I'd have you to do? change it again. I said, you my have an A at the secure- end of yours. Correct. But do you an know a what the A, a stands it. for? Asshole, maybe I don't know. Nah. Wait, wait a minute. Is that 
You're talking the social security number that's south of the one on the back of the card. I believe, uh, you know, and I don't have my paperwork in front of me, but I've been dealing with uh, a lot of these governmental agencies. Uh, I mean, I used to live mm-hmm. on several military installations, and I was involved with the National mm-hmm. Security Agency and the Air Force Intelligence Agency. So, Well, maybe that's why you have that special letter, but you should find out why you have a special letter on it, though. It might mean Well, it's, you. it's funny because I was, I've actually filed for – I'm actually disabled, right, so I deal with them regularly and the government on mm-hmm. a regular basis with these corporations, uh, as well as the courts and so on and so forth. But I filed for my daughter, uh, who is disabled as well, uh, you know, mm-hmm. she's 10. And so they've been giving me, like, a runaround for, like, two years, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I'm getting kind of more involved in this aspect because I've done seen the dirty, real dirty. Oh, I'm yeah. so dirty. I and they lie, firsthand. they lie through their teeth, trust me. Oh, they lie honest, to you be because they don't want I mean, you to we're know. Just, we're talking about, I mean, you know, things that most people would not even fathom to be actual truth. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, from my experience, my my experience is probably very unique and, and very bizarre. But the, the truth of the matter, I actually just mm-hmm. chimed in because I was listening and uh, you all were trying to figure out about the police. Mm-hmm. and who they answer to. And if you look up uh, community-oriented uh, or oriented uh, policing service on the Department of Justice website, it's called, it's called COPS, uh, Community-Oriented Policing Services. Uh, that's mm-hmm. that's who the, the police in every – they're federal. So every locality, every police officer is a federal police uh, agency. They're actually a standing army. And it's it's a violation of the Constitution, uh, and you know, of course, people consent, so they don't care. And you know, everybody's taught to you know bow down and pray, pray to uh, the police and such. But um, you know, what happens story, to our what happens to our other military men? Then what are they? Well, they're foreign. They're not you know they're not even U.S. citizens. So I mean you know they yeah. Believe me, I was. Our real, you, know, you mean I our real army men with, and yeah. our real navy men? They're not. They're not. They're foreigners. They've all taken. They've all taken an oath to the United Nations. They they are agents of the United Nations, so they are part of the United Nations. So once they've taken okay. that oath, uh, mm-hmm. they, they basically, you know, it's very, <laughs> you know, this stuff is. Well, it's good you cleared it up, as you know. There's a, there's so many facets to this. I agree. No, I agree, and I'm glad that you cleared that up because when we call, like the the Secretary of State and the and the Attorney General, they're not lying when they say that they're not a part of the state. But when they're arresting you, they say uh, we're state law enforcement and we're enforcing the state law. But when you bring these other documents in. You're not enforcing the state law. You're enforcing a private corporation's laws, and when you give it to them, they don't know what to say to you after that. I'm like, who's the president if this man's the president? I brought that up today. This man was like, okay, because he talks to me every week. He goes, I'm not going to answer this one. I'm out of this one. I'm giving this one to the governor because he knows I just busted him. I'm like, is he the president or is our president the president? And if he is well, the president, give, what is he the president of? Let me give you an example. I'll give I'll give you an example because I you know what I actually I used to live. At, I appreciate uh, joint, it. I used to live at Joint Base Andrews, <laughs> and so, um, the you know Obama would roll through, his family would roll through, 
you know, regularly. Mm-hmm. They keep keep his airplane there. And in okay. the context of the difference between uh, what, what appears to be and what is actually going on, it's a stark contrast that most people can't even fathom. So the, the idea of what Obama is, well, I mean, you know, is he a figurehead? Is he a president? Is he uh, a corporate entity? Is he an emplacement? Uh, you know, or is he just a, a mouthpiece? You know, the fact. I mean, it, he's many things to many different people. You know, uh, and the tech. You know, for instance, he uh, there's something called um, unlawful command influence. All right, so unlawful care, you know, and I just cited this because, oddly enough, um, I filed a very lengthy uh, DOD IG complaint and, uh, you know, actually just got a, a response from them last Friday. And mm-hmm. let me see if I can pull that up. Basically, their whole their whole thing is, is, is to defer responsibility to whomever else they can as quickly as they can. It's called outsourcing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and everybody's a client or a customer. I mean, and this is right. on the state level, this is a local level, all the way to the federal government. Exactly. You know, exactly. You know, so you know, basically, my situation is really bizarre. I'm talking like from outer space, kind of bizarre shit. You know what I mean? And so, the fact of the matter is, is that what you end up with is a lot of uh, misconceptions. And and you know, I think uh, I just read something very interesting that that really exemplifies. Uh, what's going on, and it's just the, the concept of, I guess, what truth is, you know, and, um, you know, the three stages of truth being, uh, you know, the first is the ridicule, and then the, is the second is, is the violence, and then the, the third is, is it's just self-evident, in fact, you know, so I'm kind of in that self-evident position because uh, there's some videos out there of, of what they've come at me with. I mean, I've been attacked by the military, by the Navy, by the Air Force, by the NSA, and, you know, last being uh, local county police in the state of Maryland. And I went in, you know, and if you watch the 28-minute video, I say some very clear things, you know, about their, mm-hmm. them being a corporation and them, you know, this, that, and the other, and, right. da, 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 and he, you know, they kidnapped my daughter, you know, uh, try to kill me, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, I go into court. The judge is like, well, he was right. You, it, we are a corporation, you know. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you got to get these people to admit these things. And, and the, exactly. And especially judges, you know, when you when you go into that court, and they're sitting mm-hmm. up on their high bench behind that bar, you know, mm-hmm. they're they're a representative, and you have to get them to admit they are your equal. Mm-hmm. You know, and that is like the first thing, because all men are created equal. All you know, all beings are created equal. Exactly. You, you have to get them to admit that. But what I was getting at was basically the DOD, what I brought forward to them, the IG, it, it's just so astounding. It's so I mean, they know it's true. You know, it's self-evident. Well, they deferred mm-hmm. it. They outsourced it because it is. They have to give these other corporations, right, the United States Air Force and the Department mm-hmm. of the Army. So now... It's at their headquarters. In other words, they're saying, you know, they're like, well, look, we have to give them a, an opportunity to fix their screw-up, right? You know? Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, the DODIG doesn't want to deal with this issue. Long story short, I'm in a position now where I've, I've just recently filed a claim against the state of Maryland. I've, mm-hmm. I've filed numerous attempts with the attorney general, and 
I filed a claim against the state of Maryland that is very, very involved. Um, you know, and, and so they're investigating some things, and, you know, I, I'm getting into this more and more because I'm, like, in this thing. This is to the top. I mean, for instance, the DODIG was like this. Your complaint went to the top. In other words, it went to the president. You know, it was on the president's desk, and he was reading it with his intel briefing because that's how serious it is. Now, I could be speculating, I could be embellishing, but I don't speculate and I don't embellish because what I've lived through is just really hard for me to fathom. So I'm kind of in a self-imposed isolation with my child to protect us from any more violence from them uh, because that's what it is. You know, these people get violent. They get real violent. Oh, yeah. That's why we were talking about the police because... Oh, you call call them out. We need to know because they... Are you kidding me? People here are being nice to them. I just got a video I talked about three weeks ago where my neighbor keeps his hands on the steering wheel. He's an African-American. And all of a sudden, he gave the officer the driver's license and he rolled his window back up because his kids are in the back seat. And the officer began... Trying to punch in his window, open his door, tried to strangle him, and everything for no reason. Yeah, they're psychopaths. See, that's part of the that's part of the job description. They have to be psychopathic. They have to be uh, they have to fit a, sp- a specific kind of profile. Uh, these people are picked for a specific reason. They're picked to do this, and they're trained to do this. They they get inside these people's heads and they plant the mm-hmm. seed. And it, it never ends up nice because, see, they know that the majority of people are going to bow down to them. Like, you wouldn't believe, you know, for instance, when I lived at Andrews, all right, um, you know, in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. eight, eight Air Force showed up, two NSA agents, and tried to ambush me, right? And, I'm, you know, after many, many hours of, of sitting around and they're, like, lying to me and this and that, they backed me and my daughter into a corner in my backyard when I'm trying to leave. I no laws have been broken, right? I you know mm-hmm. I, I'm I, you know there's a difference, right? We all know there's a difference between lawful and legal, right? So at that point, I'm trying to leave. They were like, "Yeah, you can leave." Well, then they grab my daughter. My daughter starts screaming, puts her hands over her head, which is a sure sign that that's that's a defensive move, you know. And so exactly. basically, so at that point, you know, my training kicks in, my PTSD kicks in. And I'm like, let's do this. You know, don't touch my... Well, first I was like, don't touch my child. You know, that's mm-hmm. my daughter. Don't touch my daughter. And so the, so the, uh, the female uh, the, uh, Air Force security forces let go of her. And then my daughter's like, all boo-hoo-hoo. And I'm just like, I look at all of them. And I'm like, let's do this, you know. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. long story short, you know, they conspire against me from there on out you know, conspire against me. And that's just one instance, right? See, that's just one instance. I used to live at the United States Naval Academy, and they did it to me there. And one of my best friends witnessed it and was like, that was a military operation. There was some guy in a black in a black uniform in the shadows giving these people orders while they were trying to bend you in half and break your spine. You know what I'm saying? And so, wow. you know, these kind of things happen. And then, you know, they put me in a cage for many, many hours and, you know, I'll just meditate. They get freaked out, and then all, they call everybody they have. They start pulling out all their guns. I mean, I could go on and on and on. You would not believe this stuff. But I tell you what, you can watch the last one. I'll give you, uh, I'll give you a YouTube channel. My brother 
is is very he's a very diligent advocate, but it's called uh JUCOS, J U K O W S. And you can go on Correct. J U K as in Kilroy Oscar White House. White House, okay. Right. Uh and then um well the last one will be Sierra. So J U K O W S. Okay. And that's the YouTube channel, and you can see the last experience uh, that I had uh, with because basically the the intelligence people called the police, you know, and and so mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. the police on me, and they kidnapped my daughter. My my daughter's been kid, kidnapped by the government three times, three times. Wow. Once at the Naval Academy, uh, once at Andrews Air Force Base, and then once at, at my buddy's house when we were like, you know, there for a few days. Uh, because we had court dealings to deal with because uh, I was going through some uh, civil stuff, you know, and, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, that had to do with these people. In other words, I'm suing these people and they want to kill me instead because they know, I, you know, if I reveal all this stuff, they're going to be like looking really bad and have to kick out, you know, money, I guess, you know. Um, so what I'm trying to, take to do care now, of you, I mean, in the real way. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, you know, if I acted like they did, they'd already be dead. But see, you know, I'm a man of God, so I mean, I'm I'm mm-hmm. with the universe and, and the uh, the universal law, and I abide in the only one law that exists, and that's, you know, uh, thou shalt not yeah. kill, and thou shalt not mm-hmm. steal other people's stuff, and uh, you know, you know, of yeah. course there's others, but those are the two number number one and two, and I made that I took that oath a long time ago after uh, after I realized that you know what I was involved in was wrong and they were evil anyway. Long story short, um, it's mm-hmm. interesting to me because I'd like to learn more because I don't have all this stuff figured out. I, I, I mean, believe me, I have many things figured out and I'm dealing mm-hmm. with the social security agency on my daughter's behalf now. And then I'm filing, I'm filing a $16 million claim against the United States air force. Um, and so I've compiled, I mean, I've got hundreds and hundreds of documents. I've got video, I've got audio. I've been in contact with congressmen, uh, state senators. Uh, you know, the, the story at the end of the day is, is none of these people will even be accountable for a minute, right? So when we go to the oh, president, yeah. okay, the president is the commander in chief. So his responsibility, it falls under command responsibility, all right? Uh, and so command responsibility falls on the governor, okay? So when you look at an attorney general, anybody under him or within his purvey or, or purview is, is falls under command responsibility, right? And so uh, mm-hmm. seeing how we're in, in a military society, in a society that is, is basically, you know, we've been under what, martial law since 1864, 65, since the library code, right? So Thank you. Every, Thank you for so, letting the people know because, a lot of people do not want to believe that. Well, no, it's just the truth. It's the absolute truth. There's no doubt about it. Um, I mean, now things have changed slightly, and they've, you know, tweaked, and, and you know, uh, so we can't say word for word, but we can say we can say this. There's something called command responsibility, all right? So they have a code of ethics that they have to follow. This is like the law of the universe, Right, they know that they have to give certain opportunities, and if people remain silent, well, then they automatically are saying, "Well, I consent." Right? Because silence—that's why I guess they say silence is golden, right? Because 
exactly. it, it, you know, they, they try to twist it up like it's part of, you know, it, it's biblical or something, right? Like it's golden, like it's mm-hmm. the gold rule or something, right? It, with the double right. speak, you know, the the, the, the the hem in the hall and the, and the whatever, whatever. Anyway, long story short, with you, when you have command responsibility, everything falls on that chain of command. There's always a chain of command. They have to follow ethics. And if you do not remain silent, you will get to the bottom of the situation or you get to the top of it. You know, so as long as you remain diligent, you know, especially if you can network with individuals like this kind of situation you have going on here. I mean, mm-hmm. personally, I, you know, I, I'm doing a lot, but mm-hmm. I could use as much help as I can. You know, some of these. Oh, you need the first thing more. you need to do is well, you're a parent and you have a problem where they're kidnapping your child, right? So yeah, no, never they, they, use yeah, they her last three, name. Four times, three times. You can't use her last name, okay? That's one thing you can't do. That belongs to the that belongs to the Crown Corporation. And it's and it's that corporation that I was just talking to you about. They these people own ninety percent of all titles. That means anything in capital letters belongs to them. You have to do a durable power of attorney because the child is a minor. They haven't reached the age of majority yet until they're eighteen. So you need to get a power of attorney, a durable, and and we have it on, we have it on legal deception. You just download it, and then you just alter it a little bit, like saying it's a durable instead of an irrevocable. And and listen, if they try to tell you, oh, that isn't valid, that's a lie, because I I have someone that's filed a case, and they're probably listening to the show, but I'm not going to say nothing about what their case is about or anything like that because I didn't get their permission. But the case, which they informed me about it yesterday, they were really excited, but I figured something out. The case is valued at $999 million. You guys remember that we said that there's 10 buckets to the social security number, there's 10 cards that you get for your lifetime, okay? Somebody entered through the right door, the private door, and I was saying, now I know why the judge said 999 million, because all 10 social security cards are worth $1 billion, and they are filing suit against somebody, but I'll let you guys know this. You better start going after the bar, okay, and stop playing games with these people. Um, You need to take power of attorney over your children. If they tell you, oh, um, what the heck is this? You can't take power of attorney over yourself, and you can't take power of attorney, don't listen to them because my friend told them, oh, I can't. I can't take power of attorney over myself. We'll just see about that. And they filed it into this other court, and they got into the secret court that everybody's trying to get into. And it was expedited and valued at $999 million, okay? So that clarifies how much your birth certificate is worth. Yeah, I mean, I, um, I uh, just just to... On that note, I mean, I ran um, my daughter's, you know, mm-hmm. she's only 10, she turns 11. I put it up on, uh, oh, man, what what is that website? 
and you run the numbers and there's a certain sequence and then it'll tell you how much it's worth. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't uh, remember uh, the site either. I went there a long time ago when someone took me yeah. there, but yeah, so it's, it's. I mean, it's. A, I should totally have it. It's a very, you know, financially stabilized, uh, probably household name for the most part. But hers came in at like twenty five million, you know, and she's almost. It's really, limited. really. It's honestly, it's really unlimited. There is no. Yeah. Oh, I believe because, it. Well, it's um, interesting because yeah. hers was actually a precious. Was actually considered precious metals, which I thought that was kind of odd, um, mm-hmm. you know. So. But I mean, you know, my my bloodline's been on this planet for a very long time, so you know, mm-hmm. I'm not. Wow, you I'm that's not, probably uh, why. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'm not. You know, the thing of it is, I'm not uh, unfamiliar with the way they work, um, you know, to to that degree. But the thing that I'm trying to do now is file the appropriate <laughs> paperwork because they've stole. I have two other children they've stolen from me and are keeping on a military installation. Right, mm. and they've prevented me any kind of access, and you know they've stolen everything I've owned at one point, except for a few things. I mean, literally, I had you know cars and you know all my possessions. I mean, my my uh, my deceased parent, he was uh, you know his ashes. They stole those. He was a, a Vietnam uh, veteran. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess what they would call a hero. You know, written yeah. in books kind of guy. Worked for them mm-hmm. for 20 years afterwards, uh, you know, threw his ashes in the in the garbage, you know. So, I mean, these are the kind of things they've done to me, right, and to my family and to, you know, my bloodline and as heirs. And, you know, so I've been running this over in my mind. Like, I'm like, how can I apply some of this stuff? What's the most direct way to really get these people's attention? Because, I mean, I, I get their attention already, uh, but to really make it stick. So they don't just. Are you think, still like? Are you still military? Are you still under their? Oh, no. Um, no, no, no. I'm. I, I live. I, you know. I'm kind of like. I'm. I'm a ghost, man. I. I kind of like. You know. I don't keep no. I. You know. I don't even have a, a driver's license anymore. I just use a passport mm-hmm. if need be. I. You know. I keep very right. low key. I homeschool my daughter. Um, mm-hmm. You know. I don't have. I don't have any addresses. Uh, as residences, I have one mailing address uh, for dealing with mm-hmm. the Social Security Administration uh, on mm-hmm. behalf of my daughter. You know, so I'm trying to move. I mean, I've already declared myself as as a sovereign under uh, basically biblical law. You know, as we know, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, you know. <laughs> I mean, I'm. You right. know, it, it's that's a long story short. Anyway, you know, I've I've taken a very hard stance, but I think you know I'm trying to nail it home. You know, right, but you really, you don't want to you don't want a war with them because they like that. They're warmongers. These lawyers are warmongers. They don't want a large rock falling on their planet and smashing it into pieces. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's mm-hmm, what it really mm-hmm. comes down to. They don't want to mess with a power that has that kind of energy and that kind of authority that can smash a giant rock into this earth and destroy their whole works. See, because that's what it comes down to. They are so mm-hmm. small in the scope of existence. And that's right. what you have to really let them understand is that's how small they really are. And mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what pisses them off, you know. But, uh, I mean, personally, I'm not saying I want to war with them. I think they want mm-hmm. to war with me. And, I mean... You know, I, I'll say 
this. Uh, David mm-hmm. slew Goliath with a sling and a stone, and uh, mm-hmm. Samson uh, slew the Philistines with a donkey jaw bone. So mm-hmm. if they want to come at me in war with me, I will slay them with the words from my mouth. And that's really what I have to say. Uh, so mm-hmm. personally, I would like to think they'd be rational, but they're pretty arrogant. And uh, so I just want to shift them some more paperwork, like my brother says. You've got to kill them with the paperwork. You've got to have their numbers on their paperwork and make it look pretty, and you shove it down their throats, and they'll choke on it because they can't shift it around. They can't shuffle it around uh, enough because eventually the right person is going to see it, and then that person is going to say, hey, not on my watch. You know, a person in the corporation that actually cares about uh, humanity and actually cares about the the uh, the, the concept of a social uh, you know service so to speak or people that are living mm-hmm. in a community and and they're going to say no that's wrong you know so uh, the thing of it is is that there is a need in uh, <laughs> in such a society for for a balance right so we have to have exactly. uh, certain parameters we have to have some form of govern governance right now God is mm-hmm. the ultimate governor. All right, we'll use the right. term God. That's a, everybody knows what G-O-D is, right? I, I mm-hmm. personally, I don't like to throw it around a whole lot because I, I know that they've also tried to bowdlerize that word and that name and so on and so forth. So uh, without saying his true name, I will say that is the governor, right? That is the ultimate governance. Now, in order to understand how life on this earth is going to be sustainable and follow in a in a path that is going to have some sort of permanence, right? Uh, right. We have to have some sort of governance, right? So I think exactly. the thing is, yeah, yeah. So so the idea makes sense, right? We can't just have anarchy because that may not make a whole lot of sense. We can't just have constant state of war because that may not make exactly. a whole lot of sense. We can't have uh, uh, imbalance to where you know all the money. Is totally doesn't even exist, but those the people who have it are just exactly. a small min- minority, you know? Uh, I mean... And, there, yeah, you me. know, the way I look at it is like this. If you were not hoarding what wasn't yours, there would not be no war in this country right now. Like, what they're doing to the people right now is they're doing it because the people are inching closer and closer to finding the truth and, you know, and I look at them, because I don't have nothing against any police officers at all. I, I talk to them all the time. They've never hurt me or anything. But I tell them, you know, you've gotten to the point. I've had police officers tell me from when I was growing up. I'm still young, but the officers that are talking to me are getting ready to retire. And they're saying, hey, you know that next generation of officers that's coming in here? Don't trust them. I'm like, why? They go, because they're they're not the same. And I said, but how? And my friends, the officers from the past, they said they can hurt you. And Well, most of them are military, so that's what people don't understand. Um, mm-hmm. they, they're either in the reserves or they're their National Guard or they're ex-military, right? Mm-hmm. See, people don't understand that, that a good majority of police are military. Mm-hmm. And at any okay. moment, if need be, they will put back on that uniform, right? Okay. So that's that's the thing. That's why it's a standing army. 
You know, but I, I mean, I, me personally, hey, look, there's a lot of messed up people out there, but I see where the root is, right? So we got to strike at the root. If society is not uh, uh, raising people up and giving parents the opportunity to rear their ch- children exactly. in healthy like environments. Exactly, like your kid and kidnapping we can't, we can't them, you know that's out of scope. Well, we have a vicious cycle going on here, and it's it's been going on a very long time, but in the modern world and the technology uh, age that we have, we see the breakdown in the in the in every aspect from the medical community to the educational system to the food community uh mm-hmm. in, in every aspect we see a breakdown uh, of children uh, you know from day 1 when they're in the right. womb even you know so right. the thing of it is is that they know they know because they're all about numbers right their thing is numbers they want a certain demographic to fall in a certain category they are running exactly. numbers constantly, every day, all day. Nope, they don't sleep. See, that's that's the thing is that see, most people in this country and in the world, mm-hmm. right, in the civilized mm-hmm. world, uh, right. they don't care. That's the thing. They don't care if the government's dirty. They don't care if the government's corrupt. They exactly. don't care if cops are killing people. They don't care if the military's killing people. They don't care. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because they are basically in a position that says, hey, look, uh, I, I do what I'm told, okay? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I get my cell phone, I get my, my McDonald's cheeseburgers, and I get to drive a car around, and I'm cool with that. You know, so the mentality uh, is, is very apparent to, to where what we end up with is that, you know, there's few factions, you know, and, and you know, people like myself, people like, you know, some, some of the people that may listen to your program here right? try to make a stand from a very peaceful, rational, and educated exactly. standpoint. Because there, you know, right now we have something called a, uh, a, 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 a people are becoming more and more conscious. I mean, older people. I see older people. I talk to older people. I talk to some people in their 70s and their 80s that don't sit and stare at a TV all day or even two or three hours a day because that's the worst thing you could do for yourself. Um, exactly. It, and they're realizing, hey, there's something wrong here. There's some, this, is not the, this is not the America it was when I was 30, when I was 40, you know, when I was 50, Yeah. you know. I'm not that old. And I'll tell you, it's not the America uh, it was when I was a kid growing up in the 80s, you know. And so... The yeah, thing me neither, me neither. It's totally changed. You can see the imbalance. You can see, like, a long time ago you could call an officer and they would come to help you. Now they come and they beat you up, they taser you, even if you're calling them for help. And I'm like, there's something wrong here with this. When they come there to bully you and you're not you're not trying to engage with them. You're trying to tell them, hey, somebody's trying to rob my house. Oh, um, what is your name? Where do you live at? And I'm like, I'm, right. I live right here. You know, this everybody, is my house. I'm the one who called you. They're, exactly. They're being trained that everybody, everybody is a potential suspect. Everybody is a potential criminal. Let me, let me give you an example. Um, I went for my ch- my child's final homeschool review last summer, mm-hmm. the, the the end of the school year, and uh, mm-hmm. so I went into the headquarters. Right, this is a public school building. Right, it says it right on the sign, public school. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> so you know, public. All right, that means you. Me, that means everybody who's the public, right? General public, so on and so forth. Exactly. Right? Southern. Yeah. Hold on one second. Southern. I'm there. Don't you go to sleep on me because 
You're not muted. <laughs> yeah, so I guess that even goes into some of the stuff you all were talking about earlier, about the militia and, and everybody being a member of it. And, you know, that's very, very true. And, uh, you know, it really comes down, uh, that's a whole other subject, I guess, being a regulator, right? So me, myself, I'm mm-hmm. a regulator. And if you look mm-hmm. at the Second Amendment and what a regulator is, you'll see a well-regulated a militia, and then you look at what a regulator is, and you, uh, you know, and, and read the Federalist Papers and some of the initial ideas and ideology behind uh, what that is. Being a regulator is, is you know, what I am. So I'm a regulator anyway. Um, so I went into this yeah. method, and they got bulletproof glass, right? And they're like, they're like, you know, you have to have your papers in order. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? Yeah, you have to, you have to give. A, a driver's license, you know, like Sieg Heil, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, look, I'm, mm-hmm. no, I don't, right? There's no, no, I don't have to give you. Oh well, I'm gonna call security, you know. I'm in a so exactly. I was like, look, I'm gonna I'm wait outside, right? You can tell this person I'm here for my appointment. She knows who I am. I'm here, mm-hmm. this, that, and the other, right? I'm gonna go outside and wait, you know, because I can see she was in a bad mood. She tried to throw her little her little power trip on me, and I was like, I stopped her cold because there's no law saying I had to give her anything, right? Mm-hmm. At all. There's, mm-hmm. no, there's no codes. There's no there's no nothing saying that I have to give them any form of identification. It's just their little policy. And when you tell right? them, when you say, can you show me the rule and policy, they get really mad at you because they oh, don't yeah, she have got one. Period. She, she she called the security, right? Apparently, I was outside. Mm-hmm. I come back in to get the number for the person I'm supposed to meet so I can call him and say, mm-hmm. hey, look, you should come down and meet me so we can just get this over with. Mm-hmm. And the guy, so I start filming. I got this on video. I film everything now, and I record Dagnon near every phone call I have um, right. with any of these people, and I would advise anybody to do that. Uh, if you're going to talk mm-hmm. to these people, you need to record everything you can because uh, that does not lie. But anyway, the guy gets right in my face, you know, and starts moving his hands real fast in my face. And it's just something you don't do to somebody with PTSD, exactly. you know. And so I kind of step back, and I'm just like, look, I'm like, oh, whoa, dude. I don't know what your trip is, man. And he's like, call the police. It's the disorderly conduct. And, you know, you watch the video, he's clearly the disorderly one. I'm just like, so, you know, I start, he's like, you leave now. And he throws the devil horns at me. And that's what really tripped me, tripped me out because he totally did it mm-hmm. inadvertently, right? And I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, this guy, this guy's some kind of Satanist. He doesn't even realize he's a Satanist, right? He's throwing exactly. the devil horns at me. You know, and because they all You'll have someone go to the post office. I've had listeners here go to the post office and question things. Let me get security. Or Social Security office. We're going to call security on you. Well, why are you going to call security? Um, because you're getting really loud, and I'm getting nervous, and I'm like, this is a Social Security office, because I, I take people sometimes because of my job. And um, I'll say, isn't this a Social Security office? Yes. And I said, aren't these people that come in here, they're here because they're either elderly or disabled? So aren't you going to expect that from them if they're sick or they have um, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder? and um, But they can't behave like that. I'm sorry. I'm an ADA advocate, and it's to be expected. 
Yeah, but see, it's I don't understand how you don't. work here behind the glass or behind the window, and you're scared. Well, that's that's they're just cowards. They're all cowards. And the thing is, is that they don't care about people's disabilities. That's all a ruse. That's part of the mm-hmm. veil. All the all the, all that stuff. I mean, you really got to nail it home. I mean, I've been. I don't know how many times I've been discriminated against. I've got an actual physical disability, but PTSD is kind of one of those things that, uh, you know, kind of has come about as well. But the fact of the matter is, is that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they called the cops on me. I walked out. I was, I was walking down the street. I was I was a block and a half away. The cop rolls up on me, you know, and gets out of his mm-hmm. car, really aggressive, starts rolling up on me, and I start filming him. And I said, hey, look, man. You know, 25 minutes of roughly that film. Same police that, that tried to break my spine. Well, they did break my spine. Uh, tased me three times. Uh, chained me to a hospital bed for three days and tortured me for three days in a hospital. And I was paralyzed wow. from, the neck, from the neck down. And then I was paralyzed, mm-hmm. paralyzed from, the, from the waist down. And I had a, a serious pe- uh, speech impediment that, uh, mm-hmm. because I had a, uh, several seizures and a stroke, right? Because they tased wow. me three times and didn't beat me, it, it was all caught on video. I got records. Oh, you too. you got a stroke from it. Um, that happened to my kid when she was eighteen. They tasered her in a puddle of water for no reason. Well, within yeah, twenty four hours, she had a stroke times. for no reason. They tased me three or four times, and uh, because they're cowards, they're you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Long story short, um, but you got to remember, if you're the man now and you're not no longer in the military. My friend was telling me something. He used to be in the Marines. And I think he was telling me something that once you're a man again, they say something to you like you're, I've got to ask him. He says you're a civilian now or something. They tell you something. But if you're a man now, you've got to not use that all capital name. When you're dealing with the government now as a man. That means like a regular person walking up and down the streets and you're back to your ordinary life. You can't, like, if you're trying to get something from them, you you cannot, like, use your military style with the agency, but you can get what you're looking for as a man using his lowercase first name, your child's lowercase first name. Why? Because they don't have control over that name. That's the name uh, describing you, the body, the living body. They don't need your your last name, trust me. You can use it, but if you're going to use it based, because you said you're a Christian, so, and and I'm going to tell you guys something. No, it doesn't matter what your religion is, okay? It doesn't matter. They're operating that way. It's a game that they're playing. That Bible, I wish Trial was here. She would tell you. That Bible is encoded. And there's a lot of secrets in that Bible that would help you. But in the Bible, it says that if you have a, a first and middle name, the middle name is a misnomer. That means it means nothing. Right, right. So if you're going to use the middle name... You have to put a dash, like Tom dash Paul or gotcha. Tom Paul. You're going to have to convert it into one name if you want to use the middle name. Otherwise, it I means see. nothing. Okay, and I got you. You, don't, yeah. you can't use the last name. I'm going to tell you why. Because they, when you're registered at birth, 
you registered the entire upper and lowercase name. That's your that's your proper name, right? But right, you right. registered it to someone. You registered it, and then they took it. And even though they gave you an all-capital name, it, it doesn't matter. Both of them, if you have upper and lowercase names, that belongs to the IMF, and your capital name belongs to the Federal Reserve. So what's left? Your first yeah. name that your mom and dad named you, and so you're not like their mom and dad. Okay, you're not their mom and dad, okay? You're their co-creators. You're a co-creator, people, because you created that child. That being is your product. And I know you're thinking, this is absolutely crazy, but I use well, it's it again. Like, so like, their, like your property, I mean, right? I mean, isn't that... Exactly. It's your property, but it's something that you authored. You created that baby. You created that little girl. Do not use child. Um, do not use the full name. And um, people are thinking this is crazy, but I used it again. I'm going to tell you guys. I used the lowercase name again in a court case for a child support case, okay? And this is a case where I told you guys we're throwing out the courts and we're throwing out the lawyers, right? So we used the lowercase name, and the case went straight to Tallahassee. And it's being seen by the head chief judge of the administration. So it went to the Division of Administrative Hearings, and it's being seen by the chief judge. Why? Because that is a private court. It's not the, it's not the court that you're looking for, though, for relief that you guys are looking for, but it's a private court. And I talked to the clerk, and she says, fax me over those documents. And I said, okay. And I said, but the other judge, I don't care about the other judge. She said, we're the chief justice here. And the judge who's going to get your papers, that's the chief judge. He's the highest judge of the entire state. How do we get in there? You don't use their title. Do not use the name that you registered at the hospital. Another thing you need to do is you gave them something, people. You gave them those footprints. And anyone who's just had a baby, you need to go back there and get the original footprint and make them, it's going to have a date on it and everything. You need to get the original footprint back if you can. Do not let them have it. And if you can't get it, get a certified copy from the hospital because you're going to have to claim that child. If you don't claim your children, they're going to steal them from you. And if your child is over 10 years old, file a durable power of attorney. Now, I'm going to let you know, I'm not a lawyer, okay? And everything that I'm telling you has nothing to do with law. You don't need law to beat them at their game, okay? You don't need any law to beat them at their game. You know that they use a de facto court, and de facto means a court of facts in English, and it means a court of certainty. Certainty means that when you're going in there to tell them something, you can prove it. How do you prove it? Well, I created that baby. Does anybody in here want to override what I just said? No, they won't override it because the lawyer's not going to claim that he's the one who created your baby. 
the, the DCF isn't going to say that they created your baby. Do not let them tell you, I went to your house and you had dirty dishes. Oh, and I found a laundry basket full of dirty clothes or you're homeschooling. No, 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 no. What do you tell them? No, it's irrelevant. First, we got to discuss the status here. The status is, that's my creation. Do you want to override that? You don't? Okay, well, guess what? Everything else is irrelevant. The case will be dismissed. They don't want to talk about your status. They don't want to talk about you being the heir of your own estate. They don't want to talk about because that is taboo. Talking about being the heir of the estate means that they owe you a billion dollars or more. They don't want to talk about it. So you have to go in. You're not starting a war with them. You're just telling them who you are. I'm the agent slash heir of this birth certificate. This is my birth certificate. Why? Because you gave it to my parents and they gave it to me. And guess what? I accept it. I want that birth certificate. I want that social security number, but you're going to have to correct it. Because I'm an adult and I'm no longer an infant deceiving. I'm not missing. And I need you to fix that title on this. I need you to fix that title on that birth certificate too. And you got to go back into the county and file yourself as living. But you got to do a proof of life. I had two places now tell me you got to have a proof of life with two witnesses on it stating all of your birth certificate information. Um, by someone that you've known for a long time because the assumption or the law of presumption is that you're not alive. It doesn't matter what they tell you. They're presuming that they're your guardian. They presume that you're a debtor. They presume that you have to give them money. But it's a lie. And if you use the law of assumption and you think that that's true, then it's true. And you're going to get what you asked for if you keep saying, but the judge said, but the attorney said this. Who cares? You know what I tell people? And they get mad at me. I don't care what they said. It's irrelevant. The relevance is, that's my kid. She is sick. Prove to me that she's not sick and doesn't deserve Social Security. You know, the Social Security tried to tell me one day that I had a... I had a um, a dependent, and they told me, no, you can't, you can't have her as your dependent because she's your grandkid, and her mother has to be dead. And I said, where's the rule at? So she gives me the rule, and I said, it doesn't say that. I mean, I said, that's one of the rules, but it says right here that the mother has to be disabled. The parent has to be disabled. She says, oh, yeah, I forgot, but you have to adopt her. I said, no, that's not what it says either. It says if you're married and you're a grandparent, the only way the grandchild has to be adopted is if I die. It says if the biological grandparent dies, the remaining grandparent has to adopt the child for them to be a dependent. Well, that's not what it means. I said, so clarify it. She couldn't. I said, you're already owing me like $30,000. Clarify it to them. But do not let them play games with you, especially with codes and statutes. They, they are irrelevant. 
When DCF comes to your house and tells you a bunch of garbage and malarkey, it's irrelevant. You know what I tell them? Get out of my house now. They come back with the cops. You have a 200-page paper against you. I said, I don't care. This will be 300. Get off my property. We're going to write a report. I said, I don't care. Write a million. I tell her it doesn't matter to me because it's irrelevant. You want my property, and you can't have it. That's mine. Do not call the child a child. Let me ask you something about this Social Security stuff, because Mm -hmm. the last letter I got from them, I've been doing this for like, uh, I don't know, two years on behalf of um, my daughter, and Mm -hmm. basically... The, uh, you know, long story short, she went to see a specialist and he, you know, he mm-hmm. was, he did, ran all these tests, you know, labs, the long story short, he was like, yeah, she's got this, this, and this, you know, disability, mm-hmm. uh, from some things that happened to her. Right. And, um, you know, so that got submitted They They didn't want to listen to that. So finally I took her to see their doctors and well, their doctors were like, yeah, okay. Apparently their report said this, but the, the social security administration, they were like, well, she's got uh, it's part time, you know. Like so, they basically because she's got PTSD and ADD uh, mm-hmm. from it being exposed to some some stuff, um, right? And you know, uh, being being assaulted by police and assaulted by military members, and you know, so on. Some of the things I was talking about earlier, and um, as um, <clears throat> when you have that happening, as legal abuse syndrome. Oh, yeah, legal abuse syndrome? I got you. Mm-hmm. It's have... also in the DSM now. No kidding. Yeah, so they're yep. basically they're basically like this is part time, so she's not she's not uh um she's not disabled per our our uh you know, our um you know, standards, but you know, uh they're basically were like, Look, she can care for herself and, and get her, you know, suit her own needs and get her own needs and so on and so forth. And I'm like, wait a minute, she's 10 years old. You mean to tell me you're putting her in the capacity of a grown person that she can go out exactly. and get a job? Exactly. I was about to provide, say, how is that possible? If, <laughs> yeah, child. provide for herself. So my next move is this administrative judge hearing. Well, we all, you know, the administrative uh-huh. law judge, right? So we all know, uh-huh. well, all judges are administrators and so on. And administrate uh-huh. the what? Well, administrate the trust, uh-huh. just like all attorneys at the bar exactly. have the trust. They all have a trust, you know, and this mm-hmm. in the state that I live in, Maryland, is basically you could get online because they have a trust association, an attorney trust association, and they get a website mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. They're all scumbags. But the the thing I'm trying to figure out is how, you know, of course, uh, you know, you hire an attorney, I'm not, right? Listen, this is what you do. This is what you do. Go on legal deception, right? And then go on my wall, go to um, Nelly de Torres Santiago, and I'll give you the 10 laws of error uh, under equity, right? You file them with your case, like we just did uh, three days ago. And I would like to see the judge answer that one because when you read them, you're going to say, oh, my God, I can't believe it. And anybody who wants it, most of you guys that listen to the show, you know that, you know where I'm at. Just say, I want the law of heirs. 
and I'll, I'll send it to you, a copy. I'll just copy and paste it in private message because it's all about your estate. That's what they're administering is the estate. You, you, you parents out there that are losing your children, you have to bring your kids back to life. Um, by You have to take power of attorney, but you also have to take power of attorney over yourself because, remember, you're also an infant decedent until you bring yourself to the age of majority. You're also a baby to them. You have to change your status, too. Yeah, that's interesting because because I remember uh, speaking with a JAG attorney at Fort Meade and with my issue with these other two kids that they've stolen from me. Mm-hmm. And he that's something that he actually said was to get about a power of attorney over them uh, yep. because I was, ha- you know, I was having issues seeing them and they had taken all my stuff and wouldn't let me access the base or access my home. Mm-hmm. You know, right. they basically kicked, kicked me off, kicked me out of my home, took all my stuff, took my kids. But he said that now, now I didn't, you know, now I kind of recall and I didn't put mm-hmm. two and two together then, but now it makes a lot more sense. Because I think some of these attorneys, they know what's going on, but they play okay, dumb. Think of it like this. You know how when we get older, right? You know how when you get older, they come in there and they take guardianship of your parents? And then they take all of their Social Security, they throw them into some kind of a retirement home, right? And they, and they um, do an order in the court to ban all the children from their parents, right? Because they want to steal their Social Security. What yeah. what people haven't realized is you're giving you're giving power of attorney for someone else to take care of you, right? But you didn't give power of attorney to yourself, and they're going to tell you you can't do that. You're not a lawyer. Just ignore them because it's not about being a lawyer. The power of attorney is very specific, and it tells you in there what types of powers you're, you're doing, um, you're granting yourself. See, when you don't give yourself a power of attorney, then the attorneys take power of attorney over you in court and they represent you. They're representing you before the judge because you're a baby. Right. You're, you you're basically to, like a minor. You're, you're, you know, a minority. You're a minor. You can't, yeah. you can't, you can't, you can't present you yourself. You're, you're, yeah, you right, can't. Right, right. And how can you represent your child, your little baby, if you can't? Re- if you're not also uh, taking power of attorney over yourself, this is what happened the other day. Uh, this attorney said, um, "You can't file that. You can't take power of attorney over yourself." So I was telling my friend, "Oh, you should have asked the attorney." So are you claiming that you're taking power of attorney over me? Because I didn't sign a power of attorney to you either. How are you writing orders, judgments, penalties, and fines against me? I didn't give you any rights over me. But that's what a power of attorney does. It gives other people rights over you, but everybody forgot to claim themselves. And claim themselves as the age of majority, which is what everybody um, here, the listeners here, are trying to get their birth certificates authenticated. And and I hear people saying on the wall, oh, that's so stupid claiming your birth certificate. Why do you authenticate your birth certificate, people? Look up the word D-E-E-D D-E-E-D, space P-O-L-L. You're turning your birth certificate into a D-Pole. 
So look that up. And you have to claim power of attorney over yourself. Otherwise, they will claim power of attorney over you. That's what those prosecutors are doing. And you're helpless in there. Then you go in and you claim it for your other principles, which are the capital names of your children. But when you write cases in court to defend yourself, you don't need no laws. This isn't a law show because you don't need no laws. You just tell them who you are. They believe in the law of certainty. Well, the law of certainty is is I co-created that child. That's my child. That's my little girl. That's my little Susie. That's my little Tom right there. I created that boy. They're not going to challenge you because they did not create that child. You just gave them a fact that they cannot refute. They can't come in and say you're a liar. That's not yours. It is your child. That's your baby. You created that little boy. She created that little boy with you. If you're working together as a, um, the, a co-creator, you procreated together that, that baby. Like try not to use the word girl, um, child, um, infant. Bring your child to life. Give it Tommy. That's my baby. His name is Tommy. Don't use no last name. You don't call your kid all day. Tom Ford, can you please come over here? Do you call your kid by the first and last name or do you say, Tommy, come here? I mean, really think about it, people. Those of you who are, who are battling in court for your baby, another thing that they're doing in court, if you haven't noticed, is they use initials. Instead of the name of your um, the name that you gave them, you know why they do that? Because they they are committing such a, a an ugly crime against you that they don't want to look at your daughter and your son for what they are. They they don't they want to categorize them as a thing. So they'll say um, uh, state versus. Uh, um, state on behalf of E.L. and R.J.K., that's to impersonalize that fact that they're kidnapping your children. And when they kidnap your children, people, you must tell them, request for property restoration taken under state capture because they've captured your babies and taken them hostage. Use the real word. State has kidnapped my children. And you got and don't say state. Name the actual agency that did it. Department of Children and Families located in Winewood Boulevard has taken Susie, my baby, under state capture. They don't like those words. They hate it. They detest it because That is the truth. That is the truth. Do not listen to what they're saying about dirty dishes. Tell them to show you the law, to show you the statute, and to show you the damn handbook that says when you find a a set of dirty dishes in the sink, you are to report that under statute number 645, that is a violation and negligence and crime against the child, it doesn't exist, people. It is a game that 
the statutes that they're using against you, those are billing codes. That's what the hospital does. They give you an aspirin, it'll say um, code number one, two, three, five hundred dollars, Tylenol three. What is the court doing? Without your knowledge, and, and you can go on my wall because I gave you a case where the statutes are there and it says $50, $150, $200. It says statute number 456, $50. Statute number 234, $150. And then they tell you what they're billing you for. And you, when you read it, you're saying, but that's a statute. That's a billing code that they're using against you people. Number three, I've told you before, it's on the wall as well. You have the Crown Corporation PDF manual. What does it say? All copyrighted material is for use of the author only or the employer, not for you or me. So when you're out there and you're driving around and you get the license, guess what? You get the punishment because when you get the license, I'm not telling you to break the law, okay? I'm just going to tell you what the, what the actual Crown Corporation says. It says you're not supposed to perform nor act nor do anything that was written by the author because it is only for the express use of the author, not for you. So if the code says, you ran a stop sign, it says um, uh, pedestrian ran stop sign, right? And you're going to get a $100 fine. That's what it means. It's a code for them to bill you $100. But if you give them the Copyright Act of the Crown Corporation, because that's who owns it, it clearly states that you are not to perform anything authored that is copyright protected. You have lots of protections here, people, and I use that also when I'm trying to get someone's kid back because they can't tell you that your dishes have to be clean when you go in the house or that your kid cannot have a little scrape on their knee if it's written, even if they had it in a manual, the manual has an owner. Ask them. Um, can I? Can you tell me who the copyright holders are? They will not tell you. They will get so scared because you can sue the copyright holder for writing something down that says, uh, child found with scrape on the knee, removed from home. Are they not writing something up to harm you? Would that not mean that somebody wrote something up to take your kid? That is theft. They wrote up, they wrote up a rule to steal your kid and that rule belongs to somebody. So you're saying basically all the statutes and codes they use are copyrighted by the Crown Corporation and they're not they're not licensed to use them is what you're saying. They're all they're all copyright and that is the reason why you never hear the police talking about the codes and statutes broken. You know why? If you look at the Supreme Court ruling, they even gave you a hint. It said um, that the police officers are exempt from the uh, rule, ignorance is no excuse for the law, because they don't know those laws, number one. 
And number two, they don't have copyright. Um, they don't have the right to use copyrighted material and enforce it on you because they're not the authors of that. Even if the employer gave them a manual, the employer is responsible for every injury and trespass that was committed against you. Um, and if you uh, download the Copyright Act uh, and download the uh, Crown Corporation corporate model, and it tells you right there, the state and municipal and local laws may copyright their material, but it's only for their use. It says you are not to perform, act, or use them for your personal use. If you do, you know what you're doing, people? You're assimilating a legal process, and you've already violated your own self and law. When you go in there, you know why you're guilty? Because you did perform that act, and you're not the author of that act. That belongs to somebody, which is usually a bar lawyer. Because lawyers are the ones who write up these um, laws and rules, policies, bylaws, but they don't write them for you. They're writing it so they can make money from you. And that is why when you tell um, an officer, do your job, he is doing his job because the word job means to rob you. And we gave you that definition about two weeks ago. You tell someone to do their duty, that's a whole different story because that means they have to follow their oath of office. And I think several people have come on to the show and they said the first thing you do when an officer approaches you, you say, I accept your oath of office, I need you to do your duty. That's a whole different ballgame. Don't tell them to do their job because then they're going to go to their police manual and uh, do their job, which is rob you, taser you, beat you, and then you're going to have to go in, which nobody does it because nobody knows that they're corporations, and you're going to tell them, I need your rules of engagement manual, and I need to see your job description. Since you're an employee of the city, I need to see your job description. You know what they're going to say? Can't give it to you. I go, why? Um, because we have a charter, and the only thing we can give you is a charter. I said, because you're a private corporation. You don't have a right to trespass on my property. I don't care if you're the SWAT team. They have rules of engagement, and they have a job description. You don't want them to use that. Tell them to do their damn job and duty, and they will respect you. Yeah. Use that. Use that then. So... You know, and 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 you don't and you don't want to fight the police. Uh, this is something I've told you guys too in other shows. Don't fight the police. Take their ticket and don't sign it. It's not mandatory that you sign their ticket and give it back to them. You t- and then you write that what I said. Your lowercase name, agent slash heir, BC number for the all capital names. Um, all rights reserved without recourse. And that's it. Sorry, Charlie. I'm the heir to that estate. You're not going to try to charge me and try to um, rob my birth certificate at the same time. You write that after you get the ticket that you don't sign. Just let them give you whatever they want to. We don't want to war with these people. We don't want to war with them. We want to get around them. So the, and if you've made a mistake and you've already gone to court and you're already in trouble, 
then you go in and you have to write a couple of um, maxims of law, and we'll repost them. There's maxims of law for every type of um, situation. And one of them is that if you made a mistake, you just write in there, um, it's best to err on the side of mercy. Uh, I don't know. Oh, sorry, lady. Um, um, basically, what you do is um, you have to write down that you made a mistake. You have to correct your status and hand it to the chief judge with the case number. They don't need your last name, by the way. I've been explaining that in a couple of shows. They don't need your last name because they've already attached a case number to the problem. They've already attached um, an invoice number, a billing statute, uh, the citation number, which I, which um, a DA told me this. That is not a criminal case number. That is an invoice number, and there's a number attached. Because he goes, um, I looked up your ticket. You're not a criminal. This is just an invoice number. So I began pulling up invoices of other people, and I saw that there were charges of a fee and a statute, and then it tells you what the statute is like. Um, it'll say uh, passenger without seatbelt, $150. No, no, no. That's not for you. That's theirs. They create the controversy. They have to pay the bill. All you have to do, do is know who you are. There is no... State, there is no um, United States. There isn't anything. It's all commercial. Even when they bill you that Obamacare bill, it's in all capital letters. Give it to the IRS and write the same thing on the bottom and tell them to please forward to the appropriate um, trustee and administrator, that this is not yours because it's not addressed to you. That's not how you call yourself. That's not how you write your um, name on your papers. And just ditch the last name. You'll get far better results. We've been doing this now for a month, and um, we've been seeing a lot of progress. Does anybody have any questions? Yeah, I, I guess, um, I mean, it's a lot to kind of soak in, you know. I've been kind of marinating. It is a lot. For a while. It's a lot. <laughs> for, for, yeah, I mean, uh, we've actually been in contact. We messaged on, through Facebook uh, in the past, probably, mm-hmm. I don't know, three or four months ago. My, I, I have uh, Yahweh would be my Facebook name. I don't know oh, yeah, I think I talked to you before. Yeah, yeah, we talked briefly. And, you know, so mm-hmm. that's when I was kind of like really – really uh, starting to let this kind of settle in and, and because, mm-hmm. you know, from my experiences, I've experienced different aspects of this, but they, they don't tell you anything. Even if you're heading down the right path, they're not going to help help you on that path, you know. Uh, and I learned oh, that. Oh, they can't. You know, like, they, did you know that if they help you, they'll get 10 years of prison? Yeah. No, I realize that. I didn't know that, but that makes sense because, I mean, I went into a, a, for instance, I went into a civil case uh, and represented myself and I slayed the case. The the bar attorney was looked like a lobster by the end of the case after eight hours. I had, you know, gotten rid of his expert witness, had my expert come in. And I mean, I destroyed, I destroyed the whole case. I had other attorneys come in and watch me work. 
And what you know, here's what happened at the end. The judge said, "Look, uh, I got to go make a phone call. I got to go make a phone call, and I'll be back in five minutes." You know, and he came back in and was like, um, "Yeah, you know, I- I'm gonna rule against you." And he won, even though for eight hours I destroyed the case, made my case, and destroyed the other guy's case. He still ruled against me, obviously because I wasn't a lawyer, obviously because he made a phone call and somebody on that other phone said, hey, look, you better not let him win that case. You know, anyway, uh, the thing of it is... They can't let nobody know. They can't let no... Even the workers, you know, like um, I was explaining, say that you did the papers the right way, right? They're going to actually act and pretend that they're mad and the judge is going to pretend that he's fighting with the other attorney after they've lost. Because remember, the social workers don't know either. They're all lower-ranking people, so they don't want the social workers to know what you did to win your case. Yeah, yeah, They'll yeah. They'll actually this, this, pretend to be fighting. Well, well, you know, what's funny is because I experienced that too in, in the case uh, with, with my daughter, and, you know, it's ironic because, you know, it was all in the same county. They all know each other. But the, the so-called social worker that, that was um, the, the plaintiff against myself, mm-hmm. she wasn't mm-hmm. even a licensed social worker. Okay, so I filed a complaint against against her uh, with mm-hmm. the Social Work Board of Examiners. And, you know, of course, they covered for her and, you know, they didn't tell me what they ended up doing. In fact, I filed a complaint against seven or eight different people that worked for that co- uh, company. I also filed... I mean, I filed so many complaints. I filed a DOG, DOJ complaint. Uh, I filed, you know, police complaints. I filed a complaint with the FBI. I'm about to sue all of them, actually. You know, really, I don't want their money. I just want them to be accountable and stop doing this to to people in general right. across the globe. Right. So it's not it's not about money, but um, you know, the thing of it is, is apparently that's the only way you can get through to them is through their pocketbook because uh, the, uh, the other alternative is violence. Right, and so you like. Nah, you, you don't. You, you know what? You don't need violence. But I tell you, that's, what you that's need what to I'm do. What you, you got to do is lock violence. them out of your pocketbook. You have to lock them out of your pocketbook. That's right, and you got to get access. There is nothing. There is you know? nothing that would make them more mad than you locking them out of that pocketbook. Yeah, but if you would just take um, those power of attorneys and you file them in the family court or wherever your case is, right? So this could or be any. File it can be any case. In any case you have, you can file a power of attorney. Yeah, you got to file it. It doesn't matter if the case has already started. You file them in there, and then you give a copy to the agency who's messing with you. And remember, you can't include the judge, because if you include the judge and say, oh, this court is committing fraud, or if you say um, this clerk has committed fraud, then they can't help you because now they're not going to rule against themselves. Remember, just like you don't want to incriminate yourself, they don't want to do it either. And if they ruled in your favor after you've included a judge in the case, like saying um, uh, this court has 24 hours to give me back my kid, it's not the court that has to give you the kid. It's the agency that has to give you back the children. And and I'll see people throwing the judge under the bus, the courthouse, and I'm like, you can't do that. Why? I go, because if you do, then the judge can't rule. Because you're telling the judge, rule against yourself. The judge didn't pick up your kid. The DCF worker did. The social worker did. 
You give the agency 24 hours to return your children. They'll go to the judge, and they'll tell them, look, he gave me this, this, and this. And then the judge will um, call you in. You don't need to talk to the judge. You have to go in because that's your property in this matter where it's children, but you don't have to talk to them. They'll make their decision. If they ask you any questions, say, my papers speak for itself. Well, let me ask you this, because I, I ended up getting my daughter back. I mean, granted, it was two months. It was very, you know, they the, the agency wanted to say I was, you know, the worst thing that has ever walked the face of the earth, you know, with all, nothing but lies, hearsay, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Um, you know, they violated probably every right if there is such a thing in every uh, law, you know, uh, uh, mm-hmm. and the judge ended up siding with me, you know, and he even he even said, hey, look, you know, uh, we got the Army, we've got the Navy, and we got the mm-hmm. uh, Marines all lined up ready to go to war over this, and you need to give him his kid back uh, because, uh-huh. you, you, just, you know, you're making a, you know, this isn't even a, a molehill, this is like a gnat hill, you know, anyway, right. I got my daughter back. But the problem I'm dealing with now that I'm about to the, – the next phase is obviously holding them accountable from a standpoint uh, to, so they acknowledge that they definitely did something wrong and they need to pay up in that regard. But the other side of it is in another county in the same state, they mm-hmm. took the other two children – I guess I'll just mm-hmm. use that term because that's the term they're using – claim they were my kids under state law, deny me mm-hmm. – um, Denied me any kind of visitation. Now they're being kept at a military installation, and I haven't mm-hmm. seen it for about two years. And so, mm-hmm. my next move is like I'm going to file. I want to file custody or amendment or, or some kind of something. You don't. You don't. Oh, you don't want a custody. You know why? Why do you want custody for? They're yours. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing. thing. It's like how, how why are you about? fighting for custody if they belong to you? Yeah, well, see, it's and funny because when I was in court, I flat out said, hey, look, these kids are my property, and it falls under securities law. And she said, no, no, children aren't property. That's what the judge said. And I'm like, well, why are we here? Mm-hmm. If we're not, if, if we're not divvying up the property, why are we here? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and, he, and when I brought up the term, here's what's funny, is when I brought up the term to one of their so-called masters, because believe it or not, they're all, uh, in Maryland, it's feminist jurisprudence is big time. You know, so mm-hmm. the thing is, is that they were like, they were like, hey, look, you know, um, no, no, we're not here for property. That's what the master said the one time, because I said, what about my property, Your mm-hmm. Honor? You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, talking about those those kids, you know, my, my daughter, my mm-hmm. son. So you know what you tell it's, them? Then we need to take a recess, Your Honor. I need to know what the nature of the issue is. Because remember, uh, if it's not about property, you need to tell me what the nature of the issue is here. They can't do it either because it's going to be property against it. Yeah, so so basically they stole my property, right? They, they stole my mm-hmm. property, my physical property, not only the inanimate yeah. objects, but the, uh, the an- animated objects being the, the flesh, right, the right. air, right? You know, the real we estate. Know, we know, they call yeah, it yeah. real estate. Right, it is real estate, and I mean, and we know if we go into biblical, we know we've all been redeemed already, right? So, you know, being a redeemer, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I will come in with that stance. So I'm trying to figure out how I can, because the case is, is like, you know, it's closed or whatever. They stole my kids, stole or stole the yeah, property. Yeah, you got a real, you, you, how long ago was it, though? Oh, man, like it's been a year. Roughly. Oh, so you, you didn't know? reopen it now. You've got to go in as a uh, plaintiff. Oh, oh, is, that a, is that a day job? 
Yeah, because basically, you know, here's what happened. I was I was winning that case uh, against to, to yeah. get those kids, and then they sent the police to steal my other daughter because my daughter was going to testify against against uh, against them basically and, and outline what had what had been going on and not to get graphic, mm-hmm. but the fact of it is, so they sent the police to kidnap my other daughter and then put, try to kill me or put me in the jail or, put you know, put me under the jail or do whatever. It all failed, mm-hmm. but it ended up, they used, in other words, in each separate case in the state, in each county, they used mm-hmm. each case against me, right? So when, when mm-hmm. uh, my, one, my one child, who you know, my daughter, who I have custody mm-hmm. of solely, right. uh, they used that against me in the one case with the other two kids and then mm-hmm. in that case they used oh your oh his kid was taken by the state and this is because they set me up you see what i'm saying they set me up yeah, and, you, you'd say you know what you say let me correct your statement for the record you kidnapped and you took my daughter tiffany under state capture that's the correct way of you correct them and yeah. say, and Tiffany, I co-created her. What right do you have to come in and take my um, little Tiffany? They cannot answer that because what are they going to say? I own her? They can't. So they saying, won't say that they own the children. They will not. They would rather. They will well, not. They, yeah, they, they don't say that because the government, see, the federal government who's, who has those kids, right? And when I was talking to these people, uh, at the AFOSI, right, AFOSI, Air Force mm-hmm. Office of Special Intelligence or Special Investigations, as most people know it. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. I was talking to them, and I made it very clear because I, I was like, look, you know, you, you have my children, and I'm estimating mm-hmm. that to be about $200 million right now. One's about two years old. The other one's about, you know, three years old. So we're looking at $200 million of my property that you have. Right, the United mm-hmm. States Air Force has two hundred million dollars worth of my property. Not to mention the right. twenty-five million, roughly, they owe me for for services mm-hmm. that I've given them. That they've stiffed me on the contract. Right, they they flat out stiffed me on the contract. Anyway, long story short, um, mm-hmm. you know. So what you're saying is, I need to file a, basically a a new case or some kind of like amendment or some kind of either way I got to reopen. You need to go in. You go in. This is what you do. You go in and you're coming in at you're you're the complainant. You're called a complainant and you go in and you write um you know your your uh, first name only lowercase and you can say um, when you're writing. In reference to, you're going to write the old case number in the body of the of the case that where they took your kids, and then right. you're gonna you know you're gonna tell them that um, you're giving them 24 hours. You're gonna write um, restoration of property, and um, you're gonna name you're gonna name the 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 children, the babies that they took, your daughter, you're going to say, um, uh, my daughter was taken, uh, she was born on so-and-so date, her name is, and you just say the first name, and then, and they, they're they not going to say, oh, well, you know what, well, who are you talking about here? Just say, I'm talking about Tiffany or Sheila or whatever your ch- children's names are, right? 
And you, they're going to know because you're referencing the case number. Because everybody here knows that right now as an infant decedent, okay, your name and your social security number belongs to nobody. Remember that. This is the game that they're playing with you. Because they stole the, your, your registered name, they stole it, and, they, and then they gave you a new one too, the all-capital name. They gave you a certificate with the all-capital name, and they took your real name that your mom and dad gave you, uh, and they used that for their, they put it into the corporate account, the corpus uh, trust. You became a corpus. The numbers and names belong to nobody until you claim it because under equity and under uh, the rules of equity, number one is that, you know, equity does not aid a volunteer. That's number one. And equity will not perfect an imperfect gift. Those are the two most important equity laws because the imperfect gift is this. They gave you a social security number with an all capital name on it. That's, that's the corpus trust name. That's your estate account number and name. It belongs to them. It doesn't belong to you because you didn't claim it. It belongs to nobody. They have unlimited amounts of money to use against you because you have to claim it. And until you do, like I was explaining one time that they called in a friend of mine for uh, child support enforcement. And he's walking out the door, and another guy's walking in, and they said, um, I'll give you John Doe. And he picks his head up. He says, John Doe. He goes, what is your name? He goes, my name is John Doe. He goes, but that's my name. He goes, well, that's my name too. He goes, what are you here for? Well, they're claiming that I owe child support for some baby. I got I to gotta see what this is about. What they do is, say a mother says, the father lives in the state of Florida. They'll call every man by the name of John Doe to the courthouse. They'll schedule you separate appointments. That's right. And whoever goes in um, and says, oh, I'm John Doe. Oh, well, you know what? This woman said that um, uh, the state is stating that... Um, you owe 40000 in child support, and therefore, uh, and then you're like, oh, my God, that's not my kid. Oh, well, um, they don't tell you about the DNA thing, which that's a fraud uh, as well because DNA really can't prove. And, and I'm looking, I have some websites uh, that will actually destroy the DNA part, but I, I don't want to uh, talk too much about that if anybody um, wants it, I, I got to uh, try to put it online. That's for you to research, you know, because um, the DNA definitely proves who the mother is, but it doesn't prove who the father is. It's 99 to zero. If you don't get a 99% reading on the DNA test, and in order for you to get a 99%, you have to have the mother swab as well. I have a lab uh, that tells you the exact process, and they have to add a whole bunch of numbers to it and everything just to um, uh, determine if the father is the father of your child. You know, and I'm thinking that there, you know, there could be like several reasons why either the Bible is true, and like I said before, you know, is, is it true? I don't know. Did God create Adam? 
And then if, if Eve is pulled from Adam's body, that makes it one unit because two human beings were created out of one being. That makes it still one entity. So maybe that's why the father's DNA isn't registering with um, the DNA test because it all traces back then to the first man that ever walked on this earth. Well, not only like, that, DNA DNA changes. So, I mean, you know, you can you can signal certain sequencing in the DNA strand uh, to where certain things will cause your DNA to change. Uh, even just basic stressors uh, in your environment, toxins in your environment, toxins in the food, toxins in the shampoos, so on and so forth. Exactly. The, the underarm deodorant. And it says it that, too. In the scientific yeah, paperwork, it tells you that it changes and it mutates rapidly. That's right. But, that's right. Uh, you have you know ten thousand strains or something ridiculous like that, or more, a hundred thousand, a hundred million. I mean, it's really inevitable uh, that it's in, in po- improbable with the science mm-hmm. that uh, you know the people have on this planet now to really say with without a um, you know shadow of doubt that something right. is conclusive. There's something wrong, but you know I look at it like this: if you have an atom, you take an atom and you split it in two, right, it's still the same atom. It was just split in two. And that's right, and that's, took, that's part of that, code, that coding in the, in the biblical, the biblical coding. They were very, you know, when, they, when the 1611 Bible was written, you know, granted mm-hmm. it was somewhat bowdlerized, you know, they knew about the coding in it, and they put it together very specifically for that reason. You know, and everything after that is really suspect, but if we look at the 1611... Exactly. It's pretty much it's pretty spot on because mm-hmm. and believe me, the agencies like the National Security Ag- Agency and so on and so forth, they they have people that have studied that and they have deciphered it and they have encoded it, especially in Israel. Exactly. And, it, and it's if, encrypted. If, um, it weren't possible, they wouldn't even be able to clone, and they're cloning. That's true. That's right. They're doing a lot of things. It's exactly. interesting to me because my like I'm at the point now where, you know, I realize I'm going against this huge conglomerate because that's what it exactly. is. It's a huge conglomerate. I mean, and you know, I'm in a position where I really, you know, I don't want to go to war with them, but you know, mm-hmm. I've kind of showed my teeth well enough. They know, you know, they know what's going on, and yet they're playing dumb, and I'm trying to play mm-hmm. dumb a little bit too, just because I'm like, you know, I'm kind of watching them. They're watching me. Long story short. The, the point of it is, is that, you know, uh, my flesh, you know, they stole mm-hmm. my flesh, right? They stole my right. flesh. They stole the heir to the kingdom, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, basically they have, you know, those other two children, they have they have a, uh, an obligation or really more of a right, you know, to, to mm-hmm. know to know where they came from. In other words, to know that exactly. they, they, have, they have an inheritance, right? They have an inheritance right. in the kingdom of heaven, right? And so and mm-hmm. we could look at that in a generalized term, just like I use the term Satanism in a generalized mm-hmm. term. Uh, right. the, the thing of it is, of course, they're opposites, but, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to, what I'm trying to do is basically set forth a standard that mm-hmm. is going to basically be somewhat of what you would call a seed that I can plant and that it will grow and then prevent their corrupted root from taking hold any further because what I want to do now is, like, there's two children, or, you know, I, I use that term because it's just, 
mm-hmm. you know, common. Yeah, it's easier to different. understand, and everybody in here is. Well, they um, convinced everybody. They've already convinced everybody that's what it oh, is, yeah. right? So it's just like, you know, they convince people to, to go eat McDonald's every day, you know, or, mm-hmm. or do whatever, whatever. So the thing of it is, is that, um, you know, those those kids, I, I don't want anything to do with the mother because she's a real evil, evil piece of work. Um, but the thing is, is that the children need to know I'm in their lives, right? They need to know where they come from, the the man, because I'm the reason they're here. Yes, yeah, she, right. she might have given birth to them, but that wouldn't have happened if I wasn't there to make that happen. And it, and it wouldn't happen if I didn't plant the seed. And, you know, hence, long story short, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm trying to be a part of their lives mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. some facet, you know, and so I need to implement that within, uh, I guess, you know, within, obviously I've got to go through their means because they've got the court set up, you know, they've got, you mm-hmm. know, so I've got to do, do it through paperwork, but I also have mm-hmm. to put it in a, in a context because I've already thrown things at them and literally, I mean, they, they got rid of the paperwork, you know, because the record, they, they went in and, and changed the record up and took things out of the paperwork that basically mm-hmm. would have said, thing, you know, they went into the record and remove things that were said and I, you know, get transcripts and things are gone, you know, and then, you know, I go in and look and at course, the record. Paperwork do that because gone. Why? Because it belongs to them. You see how every, everything legal that you put into a legal system, because it's their legal system, they alter documents, um, they remove transcripts, remove evidence. You you just go in yeah. there. You really don't need that many words to battle with them. You just want to bring in the facts only, and and challenge right. them. And then they they really when you bring in the true facts, then they don't they can't really challenge you because see they don't, you don't need to talk to them about what they're claiming. They allege just like when like um if you look at the laws they'll say he's the alleged father right. But the United States government doesn't tell you that every man standing on this land is paying um, child support. Every man. Whether you had uh, a baby born in your name or not, you got to pay the tax. Because it's a, it's a tax, people. It's not a child support at all. The money is sitting in those accounts, and it's on legal um, deception. You download it. And if you ask the general counsel why the the funds have not been dispersed, uh, they clearly tell you it's because they're the people that those funds belong to they're missing. Because you're you're a decedent, you're you're an infant decedent, you're still a baby, you're being administered, and they and you're missing. They can't find you. There's things that you have to do which is take your authenticated birth certificate, file it with the county. You got to tell them you've reached the age of majority. You got to take power of attorney over those other principles. Those are yours. Those accounts are created. They're given to you, those birth certificates, until the child reaches the age of majority. You're handling their paperwork. Why would you ask somebody for custody? This is what I was telling somebody the other day. The judge will say, I terminate your rights. Uh, your parental rights. So that doesn't mean I can't have any more babies. Does it mean that I can't give birth anymore because you said I terminate your parental rights? No, it doesn't mean that. She just said that to you. I mean, are you going to believe that in your mind that you can't be a 
a good mother and a good father because some judge says I terminate your parental rights? Does your body part stop functioning because someone says I terminate your parental rights? Don't believe what they're telling you. That's not a fact. Just say right on. Yeah, I never, I never really, you know, it's funny because I never signed anything to finalize any of that stuff. I mean, this judge, she just basically was like, you know, I even said, I was like, look, the state law says that, you know, two, two um, I think the, the, the law in Maryland, it has to be two uh, experts, like psychiatrists or psychologists have to determine that you're an unfit mm-hmm. parent. And she said, no, no, I can do that. You know, and I'm like, yeah, you know what you would be. Yeah, I had a I had a judge say that one day. You know what I asked them? Are you practicing medicine from the bench? Yeah. Silence. Right, right. Silence. Yeah. Because yeah. Well, it's it's funny because I caught not only that I caught her bait. I caught them all in a lie. I caught the whole court in a lie about the funding, about the financing, because the other attorney, uh, her her she never paid the fees. So technically, mm-hmm. she wasn't even allowed to represent the other party because she never exactly. paid the fees. And the, in fact, the case was never even legal. It was, an, it was never a law. It was never a lawful case. It might, it was in a legal right. uh, forum. It's a, it's, a, it's a legal case because they own the legal side of it, but it doesn't make right. it a lawful case. That's right. It's, <laughs> they don't it's have totally... a lawful, but I, I wanted to read something to you guys before I um, bring this show to a close. And I, and I want to read to you guys the law of errors. Okay. The law of errors says, God and not man make the error, okay? God, not man. So when they're telling you that those are not your creations, they're lying to you. You created them. God created somebody one day a long, long, long time ago, but that was a long time ago. But right now, the facts are you and some woman created this um, byproduct, your property, uh, this biological uh, entity, this being, this life form, that is your creation. And that is a fact that they cannot refute unless they have proof. uh, Well, we call them co-creators. I tell them when you write your case, they're co-creators. And um, they have to prove. You, you, it lies with them the burden of proof that um, you didn't create that that um, the the baby and the children. That lies with them. And the next one is um, hold on here. It says uh, okay. Air is a collective. Hold on here. Somebody's trying to check. Air is a collective name. Next one is air is a term of law. Son, one of nature. You heard what I just said there now. Son, one of nature. Not some one. Some one means nobody. Remember, somebody could be the father, but the probability is that nobody is the father. Why? Because they are whole, they're, they're not talking about the living uh, beings here. They're talking about the estate. So in order for 
your co-creations to be the heir, they have to be sun one. Sun meaning a living life form, and it is one of yours. And it says it right there, of nature. An heir is either by right of property. Remember when they were telling you that that's not a property? It says right here. An heir is by right of property. That's right. I mean, those or, are all maxims. Those are all maxims of law. That's, those yeah, are, I think yeah, the these other... are maxims of um, equity, actually, or oh, right of representation. These are all maxims of equity regarding your heirs. And yeah, heir, and heir is, is another heir self. Is also, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the other one I was thinking. The heir is another self, mm-hmm. and then uh, an heir is basically, uh, I may not quote this right, but an heir is his ancestor. In other words, the ancestor is heir. So basically, you know, we yeah. are our ancestors, you know. Exactly. Today. Everyone is an heir. You know why? Because they're telling you that you came from the one. From the very beginning, you came from one. But but the people haven't gotten that yet. See, and it says a son is a part of the father. The heir That's right. is Yeah, I just I just used that person. one actually. I used yeah, that one when I filed my claim against Maryland. Mm-hmm. It says the heir is the same others. person with the ancestor. That's right. Heir is the, the same heir. person as the ancestor. That's yeah. right. And, and here's uh, the next one. The heir of my heir is my heir. And, of course, if you use this in Latin, if you actually use the Latin terms in a court of law uh, or you write them down, that really kind of throws them off a little bit because they automatically expect you to come in there ignorant and, like, you know, being being at their mercy because that's what they want. They want mm-hmm. you to be at the mercy uh, of mm-hmm. their so-called authority because, you know, my thing is at this point is, like, you know, I'm just – I'm trying to do this properly because I've already used mm-hmm. some of this stuff and they've just totally dis- mm-hmm. disregarded it, you know. They've totally disregarded it, disregarded me. Instead, they try to say, oh, you're insane, you're crazy, you've got psychological problems because basically I was like, look, no, you're not going to push me around, steal mm-hmm. my kids, you know, mm-hmm. or, or my flesh. You're not going to steal my flesh, you know. My mm-hmm. flesh isn't mm-hmm. for, for them and, and, you know, so on and so forth. And so what I've learned, actually, the more and more I've, re- I've read and I've, the more people I've talked to is that that's what, you know, what ends up happening with a lot of people that go in at this uh, with this kind of information. Some judges just flat out will put them in psychological hospitals because they just don't want to deal with the, you know, they don't want to deal with it. So they say people are insane. You know? Oh yeah, that, that's their favorite terminology when you're trying. When you start discovering what they've done, because it's so deceptive, especially when they say Satan is the father of all lies. Right, right. We know that. To know the truth, like to say the truth, and they say, "Oh, you're crazy." Say, "Well, you know what." It took some really crazy people to come up with all this, and it takes someone to be a lot crazier to be able to decode what you've done. What's being done here, it takes lots of people to decode this. Oh, absolutely. Well, I think there's a huge, there's a huge awareness movement that's coming around. I mean, it's a a global consciousness. It's a universal consciousness. So Mm -hmm. I, I understand it like this. 
I think that, you know, this is the analogy I use. They're rats on a sinking ship. And mm-hmm. they have to find that that floating anything to get to that island in the distance, right? And so that's what they're really working on. If we look at it the, in the big picture, and everything else is just crumbs to them, you know. So the I was problem just thinking is, like too, like what you were saying earlier. The reason I was going to say too was that the police are getting really aggressive and mean because the people are getting more smarter and decoding their stuff. Remember what you were saying at first? They laugh at you, but then they get mad and they try to hurt you. That's right. Right. First, they we're at the stage where they're trying to hurt you because you're figuring it out, and they are trying to distract you and put fear into you physically because you're decoding their stuff. Well, they intimidate and, you. Like for instance, my exactly. my little my little thing with the uh, when I went to do my my daughter's uh, homeschool review. And I had the interaction with the police officer. Well, he came at me very aggressive. He's armed. He's, so he's a threat right off the bat. Mm-hmm. He pulls up his car. He could, have ran in, he could have ran into me. He didn't care about me. He pulled his car right in front of me, jumps out of the car, mm-hmm. comes at me an aggressive man. And I tell him, the first thing I say to him, I say, you, you, you stop right there. You stop moving mm-hmm. your hands around, and you just, you just sit tight. Don't come near me, you know. And so mm-hmm. he did. He did, right? And then he started this, mm-hmm. that, and the other, and he's like, ID. I'm like, I don't have to give you an ID. And he's like, you know, I'm investigating crime. So I said, oh, oh, are you? Well, then, you know, I guess then I'm a victim of a crime then, you know? And I went on, I said, I was threatened, so I'm a victim. So, of course, you know, I'm not going to be silent because they want you to be silent, right? Or they want you to incriminate yourself. So, but if you, mm-hmm. you know, do neither silent or incrimination, then you're in control of the situation, and that irritates mm-hmm. police every day of the week, right? And see, they've been mm-hmm. trained in these kind of tactics, and you know. And after a few minutes, because he started moving towards me, I said, "Look, man, I'm going to tell you right now, what you're mm-hmm. doing is unlawful, and I have every right under John Bad Elk versus uh, no, I said John Bad Elk versus the United States up his up held the mm-hmm. premise that if mm-hmm. you act unlawfully, I have every right to mm-hmm. defend myself." Right. And he said, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You're 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 this side and the other. And I said, look, man, that's the truth, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. at that point, he just, you know, his his backup showed up and then they started talking mm-hmm. to me a little more. And he other guy tried to come around and flank me. And I just stood my ground and I started mm-hmm. backing up because of my daughter and my mother rolled up and I flagged them down. They mm-hmm. pulled up because I said, look, there's my people right there. And I told mm-hmm. him, I said, look, man, I'm here on commerce, right? So I use mm-hmm. the term commerce. I'm engaged mm-hmm. in commerce, right? Mm-hmm. And so at that point, he said, well, well, you're a- acting aggressive. And I said, no, man, I'm not acting aggressive. I'm a disabled American, okay, and I am. Mm-hmm. And I've also got mm-hmm. PTSD. And at that point, mm-hmm. you know, he was trying to get intel on me. Long story short, once mm-hmm. I, because he wanted, you know, what's your address? What's this? I'm not telling you none of that stuff, man. You know, mm-hmm. and, and he was like, well, well, let me give you name, get your name and your date of birth. I was like, why? So you could run and see if I got some warrants, whatever, man. You know, I'll, I'll humor you, buddy, because mm-hmm. I knew as soon as he ran my name in their little computer, it says, don't mess with that guy. Leave him mm-hmm. alone. And you know what he did? Mm-hmm. At that point, he gave me a victim's pamphlet, right, mm-hmm. 
a victim mm-hmm. of crime pamphlet and was like, hey, mm-hmm. hey, uh, you know, I'm a good guy. I'm nice. You know, I'm a nice mm-hmm. cop. I'm a good cop kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, whatever, mm-hmm. dude, go about your business, man. You know, <laughs> and of course, you know, I, I don't want run-ins with police because, you know, it it kicks my PTSD in, in full gear. As soon as I see firearms, it makes me mad. You know, and it's just mm-hmm. just the way it is. You know, uh, so the right. problem of it, you know, the problem of it is, is that you know you have to be in control of those situations, but you also have to keep your head and be cool about it because the police will not. You know, they look for any movement, any opportunity, any you know a t- a twick, uh, like a a twitch of the eye the wrong way, and they're mm-hmm. on you. You know, because they're reading that kind of language, a body language. Uh, the way mm-hmm. you shift, the way you move, the way you speak, mm-hmm. and they're ready to pounce. And uh, exactly, you know, it's, it's that's all very... they're waiting for is you to make the wrong move. That's that's basically that's why I tell people do not engage with them, do not speak to them. Um, they're asking you for things now. When they start um, asking you questions, do not ask answer their questions because court is not in session. You're not in court at that moment, so you don't need to answer their questions. You know, I would try to speak to them as little as possible, and they're going to give you the ticket, and they're going to say, I need you to sign here. Do not sign their – if you can get away with it without them being aggressive, do not sign their ticket. You don't no, you have never to, sign anything. An officer yeah. even told me. They said, you don't have to sign this. And Well, they'll threaten you, though. That, at that point – They'll threaten you with arrest or threaten you with jail until you do. Uh, that's what happened to me at, at, at my home at uh, my residence at Andrews Air Force Base. Is uh, mm-hmm. you know they tried to they tried to hit me with all these charges and they had all this stuff they wanted me to sign and they were like, look, if you don't sign this, we're gonna put you in the hole for eight hours. So I was like, whatever, dude. <laughs> Come on, mm-hmm. yeah, man. I'm not I've signing any charges because remember the yeah. word charge means is that they're giving you a bill. They're trying to charge you some money. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was just like, you got to be kidding me, man. You know, you put me in a hole, dude. That's like paradise to me, man. I've been in worse places in your little hole, believe me. And, uh, you know, after 30 or 40 minutes of them trying to threaten and coerce and this and that, I said, look, man, I'll tell you what. You've refused me an attorney several times. I've asked for an attorney to explain these things uh, that you have here. This is a contract. You're trying to have me sign a contract against my will to go into contract, mm-hmm. to go into business with you, and I'm not going to do it, but here's what I will do. And so here's a technique that maybe some people do know about or don't know about, but if you sign something in parentheses with three periods, that says mm-hmm. that you're signing it under duress or being coerced or being threatened. Your life is being threatened. Your liberty is being threatened. So that means mm-hmm. that you're not, you're not liable for that signature. It's not your signature, but you acknowledge that, that you've been forced to sign. And then the, I believe the other one is a C slash R, which is Latin for, oh, mm-hmm. uh, I can't think of it. It's a little, little early at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, either way, that's, the, that's another way to sign. And basically, so I used, I used uh, dots, you know, mm-hmm. and, and he mm-hmm. said, is that your signature? And I said, I said, no, that's not my signature. That's not mm-hmm. my signature. And the one thing that I did do is I checked off, you know, do you want legal counsel? Because, I mean, at, at any point, you know, I've learned mm-hmm. this thing is that, you know, uh, I'm on a fixed income. I'm a single parent. I'm disabled. If they're mm-hmm. going to run me through and try to charge me, they'll get zero, like absolute zeros. Mm-hmm. But I will spend their money. 
you know. In other words, I will make them spend as much money as possible to, you know, run through the rigmarole, and at the end they're going to look like idiots after they've done spend as much money as they can. But they they've got unlimited Mm -hmm. funds in their minds uh, because they just make that stuff out of thin air. So, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, that experience, because I was never, you know, I was never charged with anything at that point. They were, they were going to charge me with several things, right? But mm-hmm. they never, mm-hmm. I never but you got to remember, to you have to accept their oath, too. You got to accept their right. oath. Right. And see, Before I, so I they never, even converse with you, you have to accept their oath of office. But um, I wanted to read something to you guys, too, before I, I go off the air. And this is from Corpus Juris Secundum. It's called Ishit Brown. The only reason for property formerly belonging to a decedent, remember the word decedent, we're always, because they're talking about you being the infant decedent, but they don't say that we're, they're talking about us, but that's who they're talking about. The only reason for property formerly belonging to a decedent to, um, a sheet to the state is that there is no other beneficiary known who has a superior claim. Property does not a sheet to the state except where there is no, hold on here, it's so tiny, except where there is no uh, qualified person to take or hold it. If any legal heirs exist, however remote, the property does not a sheet, even though the heir may be unknown to the administrator at the time of administration of the estate. And if there are no persons legally qualified, the estate will pass to them and not a sheet, even though the immediate heirs are not qualified to succeed to the estate. So um, then it says the sheet grounds equitable as well as legal estate are subject to a sheet. So by default, people, your estate does not a sheet to the state. Remember I told you that when they tell you that um, your money from your account is gone, it's not gone. Because by trust law, they're only allowed to get 5% reversionary interest for themselves for administering the estate. But they can't take the money from your estate. See, they're broke. They need you. But they need you to be dumb so they can continue going through the back door and taking money from that account. But as you can see there, even if you never claim it, they can't take it. It keeps passing on forward to the next generation. That's why they they started creating generation skipping trust because nobody ever figures this out and nobody ever claims it. But um, somebody gave me a really good idea. Like say um, your parents pass away and you have the death certificate. Um, Somebody told me that they claimed their parents' death certificate. Remember, they're never claimed. If you don't claim it 
That's why um, somebody posted a news article where I think they said they found a whole bunch of mortgages filed on, on a person who was deceased, but they passed away. They had like, I, I don't know how many mortgages. I, I, don't even, I, I would just say six, just to give an example. I was, it was in a news article. This was after the person passed away. Why? Because the name and number belong to nobody. Because no one's claimed it. That's called an imperfect gift. And so that's saying, the law of equity. You're saying if you have a deceased parent, you can still claim their their equity trust. Their or their, death, their... Yeah, you would take their death certificates and claim those as well. If no one's claimed them, you, you'd claim them because they're going to sit there for 10 years by, if you go into statutory law, under the law of heirs of statutory law, it says that the courts have to wait 10 years after the person's deceased before they disperse the funds and then they take the leftovers and it gets forwarded to the next generation. That's why they, they're creating generation skipping trust because no one claims the funds and those funds are still there. But as you wow. see here, it's telling you the money's there, people. You just have you, to go in and claim. So that's the, you said that's a statutory law that's it under. I mean, I'd like to look that up because. Uh, oh, this one. Uh, I'm reading you the equity, but if you go into um, go into legal deception and pull up law of heirs, and every state has a law of heirs law. Um, we posted Florida because I used to live in Florida, so and Southern. Command is in Florida, so he pulled up the one for Florida, and it tells you very clearly that the administrator and the and the um I think it's the trustee, which is really the lawyer, they pay themselves first, and any outstanding debts shall be paid after that, and then the rest of it goes forward. You know, and it clearly tells you that if no heirs come forward for the estate, it gets passed on to the next generation. Why? Because we are the heirs, people. That's the missing person under Rule 17, Federal Rules of Civil Procedure. So read Rule 17. The heir is missing. That's you. The infant decedent. You have to change yeah. yourself from infant decedent to um, age of majority living man. And, and not living man. Somebody said, don't say living man. Say, I'm the heir of this estate. Yeah, because as my dad, he passed away almost twenty years ago, and uh, I mean, you know, my mother was yeah, still that's, married that's to him. Already, yeah, they've already dispersed those funds after ten years of being deceased. They um, they, that's why uh, they don't want they you to, to know this, Dusty. That's why they don't want you to know this stuff because I filed for some of his social security, and they were like, "Oh yeah, this that, and the other," and then they were like, "Nah, we ain't giving that to you." So they're like keeping an extra fifteen hundred or two thousand dollars a month, and I was like, "So, so you guys just gonna keep two thousand dollars a month?" I see, and they were like, "Yeah, well, that's just how." No, it they, works, but they it? don't keep it. They don't keep it. It goes on. It's really getting passed to your account now, but you don't know it. They're not gonna tell you, "Oh, we forward it to your estate." Yeah, well, that's what I'm trying to do. It's it's going trying to access back. It. I was trying to all access that money. People. I'm like, you all, you all need to pay me that money. That's my money. And they were like, no, we're not paying you that money, and it's just going to sit here. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense, you know. So I, I was, well, you know. Well, first, I'm, you have to bring yourself to life. And I 
think it said, I'm trying to see because I don't know if I have it, but the Social Security tells you that after seven years, if you see, because they're not going to tell you because they're just so awful, that it says after five to seven years, if you don't tell the Social Security where you were at, like if your parents didn't report to Social Security where you were at, then you become um, the decedent, the infant decedent. And it says, if it was determined later that you were really alive, you have to say why you were living and you didn't report it. And that's when you give them the proof of life and you show that you didn't know this rule and you show them the rule. And when you tell them, then they start being more cooperative. Actually, it's it's a whole other process. It's a whole other process with Social Security Administration because my mother collects Social Security Mm-hmm. Uh, from from my father's account, from my dad's account, you know. But mm-hmm. there's still a lot so left. Still, I mean, there's a lot still. of it there. That like there's there's probably millions and millions and millions of dollars. Right, there, right. Know? But she has to she has to bring herself to life, and she then she has to claim his death certificate. Yeah, because she has that. As she's her, had as to, her property she has under to, her living will. Oh, I got you. Claim. Uh, let me write that down. I'll bring that you up. You have to, to write her. a living will. You have to write a living will, and then you claim, you claim that death certificate because she's, you know, that's his wife. Or say you had a parent pass away, and you're their child. You you were, you know, born from them. You got to get their, um, you get that death certificate, and you have to claim that property and, um. A friend of mine was uh, recommending that people, if your parents are still alive, they need to claim those birth certificates. Why? Because when you pass away, um, that estate can go to you guys, the children, and that is worth a lot of money. Yes, they have to claim those birth certificates while they're still alive. And then you write in your living will, this property is to be passed to so-and-so, so, you know, you, you name all the children and um, you tell them they are heirs to their father's estate or their mother's estate. Every estate by law of equity, everybody has their own estate, whether you're a man or a woman. They're all independent. Yeah, and they'll tell you everything. They'll they'll get real mad and stuff because they know they're holding all those funds and they don't wanna and they don't want you to have it. That's just the bottom line. They don't want you to have it. They don't want you to they're find greedy. access to it. They're greedy. That's just I mean it comes yeah. down to greed to greed. So basically what you're saying, once you crack the shell with these type of with these papers, with these filing mm-hmm. of these papers, you crack the mm-hmm. shell then they then they're soft on the inside and they're going to say then they're going exactly. to then they they give in and not they, only that they're like they're like oh man you got you oh you figured this out Shut up. okay mm-hmm. now we'll give you what what you want we'll give you what you need we'll give you your right what you what's due your you know your inheritance so to speak or whatever uh this is interesting uh, you're not, yeah, and not only that, but you're private. This is a private matter, too, because 
they, um, as you can see, they are so reluctant to talk about it. But if you really know what you're talking about, they don't have no problem talking to you about it. Right. Right. If you don't sound, if you're not confident and you don't have the le- you don't have the proper information and the proper laws and so on and so forth, they just they'll throw you in a psych ward. They'll be like, "Nah, you're crazy." That's, oh yeah. That's, and you that's can't what I've heard, use statutes and codes. You got to use laws of equity and trust. No statutes yeah. and codes, people. Laws of equity and trust. Yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. I got you. That makes sense. Or the maxims. You can use maxims of law too because. Those other laws, if you start throwing statutes and codes, you can read them because it's good to read them so you can know where, where how to, um, you know, approach the subject matter. But you don't need to really use them because that belongs to them, you know. You don't want to use their stuff. Use your own material and be creative. Yeah, that's what, what I've used so far is the maxims of law. And, I mean, I've mm-hmm. used that with the, with uh, in my claim against the state of Maryland. I, I cited many, many maxims mm-hmm. of law. Uh, and mm-hmm. then basically... You have a plaintiff. Uh, you can do um, plaintiff. You can do... Um, but you also, you know, you guys have to invoke. You have to invoke the court of equity. You know, you got to tell them who you are. You're a civilian. You're the live man. And you don't really have to write too much on there. You tell them what you want, why you want it, and put the paperwork in there that supports your facts and let the judge decide. So you could basically go into any court and just, you can file this, I'm a, like, instead of, because I've read things about, you know, filing negative inver- uh, averments and, and mm-hmm. you know, against bonds of police and, you know, or judges or attorneys, uh, you know, so I, I know there's a lot of different angles here. And, I mean, this is... There is, there is, but here's my thing. This is what I tell people. Why do you want to waste your time with them? I really don't. Why do you want to waste... You know, like, a, I it's get, good to accept their oath, right, and then get what you want out of, of... Remember, they don't have any money. It's all coming out of your own account. Right, right. Well, I'll tell so you the what, main I mean, goal, I... lock them out of your account, and you go after your own account. <laughs> yeah, now that makes perfect sense. I mean, that's kind of what I'm trying to do. But it's all, I mean, it's all coming from the same place. It's all In coming. An IMF. Hey, can the United States coin money? No. Can the states coin money and make their own money? No. That's why we're using private money. Right. You ever notice that when you borrow or you or they'll say that they gave you a loan, right? Do they ever write down that they gave you like say you bought a house at a hundred thousand, do they ever write on the paper that they loaned you a hundred and fifty thousand or a hundred thousand in Federal Reserve notes? No, they just created out of thin air. As soon as you as soon mm-hmm. as you sign that document, the money was created. And they don't even have exactly. it. That's why if they try to collect on it, and you you basically hit them with, you know, hey, well, I want to see the original contract. I want to see this. They can't they can't produce it because it, it doesn't exist. They didn't. They never. We got had this lady last week. We got this lady from Citibank to admit by accident. She was so confused by the time I was done talking to her. She said, "We never gave you a loan." Um, she was saying something. I think she said she. That when we signed that paper, they they did a stock or they bought a stock or something, 
And then she said, hold on a minute. And she she waited like a minute and she came back and she changed the subject. And I said, nope. She goes, what do you mean, nope? And I said, nope, you just told me that you never gave me a loan. That's, that's sufficient enough for me. That's what. <laughs> right. When she said that, because she said, I'm going to record this conversation and we're going to give it to the CEO. And I said, okay. So I'm asking her a lot of questions. And I said, but if you gave me a loan, who did you pay? She goes, well, we paid it to the dealer. And I said, okay, so show me a check that you cut for them and that they cashed. She goes, and this is exactly what she said. So if we give you this canceled check, then will you pay? This is, I couldn't believe she was asking the question. She said, then will you pay us what you owe? I said, if you can show proof that you cut a check to the dealer for this car and that they cashed it and that you paid it on behalf of us, then, then I will negotiate with you this payment. And so I just kept going on and on. I kept asking her questions. Then she said she didn't give us a loan. And then I told her, nope, you're, we're done. She goes, what do you mean, nope? I said, you just told me a minute ago before you put me on hold that you never gave us a loan. She goes, that's not what I meant. I said, you said it. You said, oh, we didn't give you a loan. We, we got a stock or something after uh, the note was signed. And so that was about a month ago that I did the show and I told everybody what she had said. They haven't written back to us. Yeah, they won't. They won't. You know, my brother, he's outstanding with that stuff. He's, I mean, dealing with creditors, he is like worked absolute, uh, you know, financial Mm -hmm. miracles, uh, dogging Mm -hmm. out these creditors in their unlawful activity. Uh, I had a run-in similar with Capital One, actually, myself, you know, and uh, I hadn't heard from them since either. And it's interesting because I requested, you know, all the appropriate information that, you know, when they try to say, hey, look, you owe us something, and I requested everything, and all they sent me was the payment history, and it said that I didn't owe them – I owed them zero dollars. In other words, I paid for it, but they still – we're trying to come after me for $8,000, but they sent me a document that said I didn't owe them mm-hmm. any. The principal was already paid. I had already paid all the money. You know, I didn't owe them mm-hmm. any money. And I'm How like, about you ask them, like, Capital One, I, I asked them, are you a bank? They go, no, we're no. a financial institution. We That's provide right. financial services. I said, well, what kind? Financial services so that you can um, get the items that you purchase. Did you uh, cut a check? Since you're not a bank, how do you provide these services? Yeah. And they couldn't yeah. explain it. It was just and like I the said, treasury. You can't explain to me how is it that I walked out of this dealer with a car and how you assisted me, then you didn't assist me. And then, um, now this has been going on for a year now. Now they just don't write to us because they've said that to us about not loaning us anything and that was so important to us because it came out of the horse's mouth. And I'm thinking, wow, do you know how many people would be going in there and getting the car and then they're going to do this to you because you just lied. And I mean, you told the truth now. You said you never loaned us anything. I got to get that. It's funny. To- yeah, it's funny because it all okay. falls under the FTC Article 5, which is, you know, deceptive like, business hmm. practices or trade practices. 
and they know it does, but, you know, everybody kind of goes along with it. So I think they've got the majority of people fooled and and duped. And, uh, you know, the few people that come through and and really put put the screws to them, they end up, you know, Mm -hmm. realizing they can't do anything. In my situation, they never sent me another another piece of information. Now, technically, you know, under the law, um, they would have taken the car because the car disappeared. Well, I think the military might have taken the car because they had done something to it. But the car disappeared. I've never heard anything about it since, you know, and the car was in someone else's name as well. I was actually a co-signer. But, uh, you know, long story short, you know, I requested the pertinent documents to verify the loan. You know, to verify the mm-hmm. debt, you got you ask them mm-hmm. for that debt verification. They can't provide that mm-hmm. debt verification, right? They because can't no because debt. they didn't loan you any Federal Reserve notes. That's right. That's right. And the same thing with a, a state treasury. Well, what, what's a mm-hmm. treasury? A treasury is where money is kept, right? They got gold and silver. Right. I mean, you know, and and the fact that it is a state treasury building is nothing but administrative offices. There's no gold in that office. In those offices. Right. There's no and, and Southern, There's no money. Um, Southern put a document out on the money doc, and it tells you very clearly that when you pay something with a debit card or a check, it is not a payment. So if they cut a check, right, and they claim that they cut a check to um, a dealership, right, under their own laws, it says that if they use a check or a debit card, that it's not a payment. That's funny. And I'm like, if you didn't make the pay, you didn't make a payment if you use a check. How about when you go and you tell them, this is exactly what I asked the utility company. I need a payment history where I paid you. I need receipts for every payment that was made to you. They sent me a light bill with the meter readings only, and it said that they never billed me for the whole year and that I never paid them. But the clerk of the court, when we were talking about the child support the other day, she says any payment that you make outside the court's supervision is considered a gift. That means you never paid them. Yep. You know, that's funny because I, well, that goes into uh, a lot of things because I, you know, I asked them the same thing. I said, I want the, I want the history of payment. I want to know what bank, Mm -hmm. I want the date, the time and what bank it was drawn out of every payment. And they sent me a real vague statement and it had every, every, you know, amount of, you know, uh, money, I suppose, that was being uh, eliminated from the balance, you know, this, that, and the other, but it didn't say, you know, when or how much, uh, or, or like what bank it came from, so on and so forth. Cause they can't, you know, they, they don't, they don't have that because it doesn't exist. So that would make sense to what you're saying is that not being a payment actually, because it didn't show up on their, on the little printout as a payment, you know, even though it was coming out of the balance, it wasn't showing that it came from this, a payment was made from this bank to us, you know, none of that was in there. And I asked for that very descriptively. I mean, I'm, I'm like a real concise kind of individual, man. I'm calculated. And so the the thing is, is, uh, you know, my next, like what I'm calculating now, my next, next moves is is, just, I mean, it is like earth shattering. So, I mean, I'm going to get off the phone because I know you probably want to as well, uh, and wrap your show up. And I appreciate you, uh, 
all your wonderful information and taking time to talk with me. And honestly, if you know, if you had the time in the future to discuss some of this stuff and walk me through some of this stuff or you know somebody would be willing to help, I can't access Facebook any longer because they want my identification, a picture ID, uh, for me to access my, my account with them anymore. And I just don't want to go with a legal battle with them right now, and I'm, I'm not prepared to give them one. Um, but, I mean, I would absolutely uh, be more than appreciative to have any assistance at all in putting together some of these, uh, some of this paperwork to get the ball rolling in that direction, you know. And uh, like I said, I'm sure you're absolutely busy as it is. But you know, if there's a, uh, you know, I guess a, a source, you know, or somebody out there that can kind of help walk somebody through who's already got a lot on their plate and is dealing, you know, up to their ears and alligators, so to speak, uh, to get some of this stuff, you know pushed on through, man. That would be awesome. Sure. Sure. You here? Hello? Hello? Anybody here? Yeah, I'm in, I'm in the, I'm, I'm in the show. I don't know where anybody else (laughs) went. (laughs) I'm, I just was asking, I tried to ask a question from She-Wolf anyway. Where did they go? Um, I think their phone died. Got disconnected. I wanted to say that, you know, I heard what you were saying because I got the computer. Um, you know, I'm and plus I want to let people know on the show, too, that I am. I am more than extremely busy. I mean, like, I am beyond my cup runneth run over. And I, I just want to let people know, I don't like getting mad at people on the wall and stuff like that. You know, I get upset with people sometimes, but it's not because of that. It's just that, um, as I stated before, I even apologized to Christopher Bruce. Um, I got upset with him, but it wasn't. it was for a personal reason that had nothing to do with him. I hate seeing people lose their children, and I hate people losing their parental rights, and um, I know what it feels like, trust me, because I lost two grandchildren many years ago in in 2006, and I, I too, when someone takes something from me, I'm going to come back at you really, really hard, and I think I talked to the people about a month ago about this case that I fought, and um, it was for my grandkids. But I didn't know in 2006 what I know now. And when I see people, I go to different people's walls, so don't get me wrong. And I listen to all these mothers. They're crying. They're, they're dads. They're losing their children. And I'll give them an idea about what they have to do. But it sounds so crazy and absurd that they ignore it because they they don't understand what these courts are doing, which is they're not taking your kids. They don't care about your kids. They care about the estate. And um, uh, when I try to tell people, they ignore exactly everything I'm saying because they can't grasp the concept that all the courts work the same way, everybody, whether it's your house, your child, your car, all your possessions, all your bank accounts, everything that you have, it doesn't matter. The process is still the same. It's all based on your um, estate. 
And, and that's why I was telling you guys that when the clerk told me the other day, yeah, anything, any transaction that is done outside of the court's jurisdiction is considered a gift, that hit me right there. Even when the bank says that they gave you something or they loaned you something, they didn't. It was a gift. That's, and, and look at your paperwork. It doesn't say that they gave you Federal Reserve notes, knowing that the entire banking system in the United States and the funds that we use, people, are in Federal Reserve notes, checks, or, or debit cards right now. But if you look carefully, we posted on the money doc, anything paid with a debit card, credit card, or check is not a payment at all. So if you paid for your house using the credit or debit card, you made no payment. Another thing that you might not have noticed is say you haven't paid your house like in four years. If you go to the tax um, agency, the tax assessor, and you ask them, um, are the taxes paid? And they're going to say yes. And, and, they're, and you'll say, well, who pays them? They're going to say that you did, but it's really the all capital name because they're taking it out of your, your trust account. The taxes are being paid out of your own trust account. This is a big game that they're playing with the people, and, and um, it's a very serious game because you're losing your houses, you're losing your children, and it's, and it's all about the, um, the state. Go claim your children the real children, but do not use the all capital name, do not use the proper name either because they they have control of both of those titles. You have to go in and claim it in a different way um, and the judge will understand. If, you're, if you go in there confident and you go in with the paper using the first name only in lowercase and doing exactly what I just said a while ago, claiming that birth certificate number, and you have a right to because they gave you that birth certificate for each child. And then you do the power of attorney, the durable. Uh, you just take the irrevocable that's on the website and turn it into a durable. Then you, but you also have to do it for yourself. Remember, you're also a decedent, and you have to correct those statuses. And, and, and <clears throat> you will see some changes. I see people going on the wall and they're saying, oh, um, that doesn't work. Oh, you don't know our courthouses. And I'll say, well, show me that you filed something different. Show me that you used a different tactic that didn't work. Then nobody wants to talk. Because if you can show me that you tried a different method and it didn't work, then I, then I would say, okay, well, we're going to try something else. But they'll come into the wall and they'll say, that doesn't work. Our courthouses here, they're a bunch of bastards. These people are real, I know they're horrible because you're not giving them the right answer. You can't use anything that belongs to them. And there's two things that you're holding in your possession that belongs to them, and that's that um, birth certificate. And, um, and it's not theirs either. I'm going to be honest with you. It's not theirs. You see what it says on that equity paper? It says that. Just because someone's deceased does not mean that the state gets automatic um, control over uh, all those funds. They can't. It, it says even if you come later, 
and you claim it, it's there. So, you know, I hope you guys um, really consider, and if you want a copy of that um, equity, then just text me on uh, Facebook and I'll send you guys a copy um, of that. So you can see with your own eyes that the money is there. Well, it's not money, it's called an estate. And um, that there is hope, but you have to learn how to use um, that piece of paper for your benefit. There's good in this world and there's evil. It depends on how you look at it, but under the maxims of equity, evil is not presumed. It's just that you're still an infant decedent. And, the, and it's not your fault, too, because they did these dirty little tricks to make it that way. And they're hurting right now. They're hurting because they can't go into your estate just because they want to. They do all these tactics like everything you do, if you really think about it, they've criminalized life itself so that they can go into that account. You could be breaking a law right now and not even know it. How about like legalizing marijuana, right? They say we want to legalize marijuana. Why? Because they want to tax it. How can smoking marijuana today be illegal, right? And you're going to go to prison. And then a week later they sign a bill, right, that says you can now smoke marijuana. Um, I thought they said it was a narcotic. I thought it said it was a harmful drug. I thought it says all these horrible things that they said about it, but when they legalize it now, they're saying that it's an antioxidant, that the cannabinoids in there can cure cancer, that, oh, it's a medication now for your benefit. But last week it was the most horriblest thing in the world, and you had to go to prison, and you're a criminal when, when they don't have it legalized for their benefit. So you think about that. And I want to thank everybody for being on the show tonight. And um, if you have any questions, just, you know, leave me a text on the private message, and I'll try to answer you. And you all have a good night, and I hope you enjoyed the show. And until next Thursday, be blessed. Thank you. For the record. Huh? All right. Good night, everybody.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.